Hello and welcome to another episode of Bulls 101 podcast. Um, I'm always joined by my boy, Chris Amundsen. Um, and we'll get to our brother down here below in one second. But Chris, how are you doing, man? Like, tell me, tell me about your day. Tell me about your week, man. How you been? Uh, Bulls thoughts, early Bulls, Bulls thoughts. Let me know. Let me know how you're feeling. I was doing, I was doing good until the Crusoe news and I've been depressed Oh, the whole day <laughs> super depressed about it but uh i don't know it's um it is what it is it sucks that it had to happen we've had now two people that have gotten serious injuries by being flagrantly fouled in the middle of the air so i mean it kind of sucks one obviously seemed unintentional with with mitch robinson pat injuring patrick williams but the grace now one is a little tougher it just seemed like whether or not he intended to hurt Alex Crusoe. He definitely intended to pull him while he was in midair. I mean, the clips are really clear. I put out some tweets about it uh, as well. And it's got, it's got a lot of controversy on Twitter <laughs> and everyone in the world thinks it's bad except Bucks fans who thinks everyone else is overreacting. Um, but you don't always have to defend your team. Like, you know, it's just right. use some common sense, but right. Yeah. So, oh, but it's depressing, but uh, yeah, let's, let's get to the fun part, which is introducing our guest here. We're really excited to have. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, people that are going to be here in the chat, people that are going to listen to this pod, like this dude's a, a superstar Twitter, Twitter uh, draft guy, Bulls guy, Chip, Chip Jones, man. Chip Jones, welcome to the show, man. Tell us about um, how you feeling, for one, and two, uh, about the Bulls, man. Let us know how you feeling about everything, honestly, man. We, you're a superstar, brother. Let us wow. know. Thank you. That's quite the introduction there. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, it's a nice late night here in Chicago. We get to talk about some bull stuff. We got a bunch of we got a bunch of really good stuff lined up. So I'm really excited. I'm I'm excited to finally finally be on. We got a we got a date that worked. Uh, you know, Saturdays aren't usually open for me, but we made an exception. <laughs> Just shout out to you. Chip's girlfriend. Yep. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Lauren. You. <laughs> for allowing me to allowing me to be on the podcast on a Saturday night, uh, I'm I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. How are you doing, Laro? Because I feel like you you introduced Chris right away. You kind of skipped over yourself. How are you, Laro? I'm I'm glad. I'm excited to be here with Larry Golden. Hey man, look, don't, right. don't do that. Pipe down, brother. I'm just the guy <laughs> on here that like likes basketball. That's it. Um, but um, man, I'm I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, team qualified for state. Um, the team I coach, um, so I'm feeling good about that. Um, you know, family's good. I'm, I'm chilling, man. Oh, also, um, as a Bears fan, I am <laughs> feeling great right now. The Packers are at home chilling. Um, you know, Packers set up for greatness, home field advantage, one of the best defenses they, they've had in a while, and they crapped the bed. So, um, I'm feeling good, man. I'm ready to talk some basketball and 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 have some fun, man. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. What's up, Tony? Yeah, we're talking about the, you know we're talking about the Bulls even after the even after the Packers lost. But yeah, you can you can revel in that excitement for those of you who are who are Chicago <laughs> Bears have fans or just Packers one on one tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Sorry. Seriously. But oh, you man. know, um, I know uh, there's some there's some games we got to get into, um, but. I just want to get your both of your your thoughts on just where you're at right now after the Caruso injury, 
Um, and also, like, how do you think this will, you know, after the Alonzo and Caruso injuries, how do you think that'll project for? So, uh, first, I, I'll, I'll go to you, Chip. Um, how are you feeling about uh, the Bulls right now in terms of, you know, after injuries and things like that? Well, in regards to the injury, my PR manager, Mark Schindler, told me to not comment on it. Um, so I refrained from commenting on that because my initial reaction was, uh, quote unquote, not good if you're trying to get hired by NBA teams. Um, so I'm going to not comment on that. Uh, I think that it's really unfortunate. I think Alex Caruso is our best our best point of attack defender, and that really hurts because, you know, when you have a team that has Nikola Vucevic who – is he has skills defensively, even if you know people don't always think that all the time. Uh, but I mean, it, with him, it's it's really important to have good point of attack defense around him. And we lost our best point of attack defender after we just got him back from injury, and we almost beat the Bucks with like half our team out because we had really good point of attack defense, and it made things flow so much better. And I think the one the one player who I really think could step into that void like the only one on our roster has a chance is io right yeah. so i think it's going to be really interesting to see what he does defensively moving forward but i mean it, it's definitely really saddening to have it happen yeah yep yeah it's it's killer i agree with chip i mean the and, and we've talked about this and, I, and even i did a little tweet thread on our defense and referenced what you had wrote written early uh, to begin the season after looking at some preseason stuff but the way the defense is set up is is to maximize what Vooch is good on defense at, right? He's got quick hands. He's he's actually, you know, averaging pretty nice amount of steals. He gets in the way laterally. He can move pretty well. But if you get guys into the paint easily, if they have an advantage, then Vooch all of a sudden, all of his weaknesses are magnified and it looks really bad because he's not a rim protector. He can't, he can't go backwards real quick. And, you know, if, if, that timing's not there. The help defenders don't have enough time to to dig in and recover. It's just it just snowballs. And so as we've seen with Crusoe out and Lonzo out, you know, the points in the paint and the Bulls are already 30th in the league at allowing uh, attempts at the rim. But because of the scheme, I, I thought they did a really good job of, of making those contested or really difficult shots. But now we're seeing the numbers start to come up uh, as far as, uh, you know, the, how, how opponents are shooting at the rim. And it's just because – as Chip said, we don't have Alex Caruso, who's so good at screen navigation. We talked about this before we came on, but he's so good at screen navigation that he just completely negates any advantages that most ball handlers are going to get in a pick and roll setting. And as good as Lonzo is at that, I mean, he's also going to be out for two months. Um, so I agree, though. Io is the kind of the the secret weapon, or, or our kind of our only hope <laughs> at. At, at doing that, Javante Green coming back will also help that because he's obviously a pretty good perimeter defender and he's just super athletic. Uh, but no one does it quite like Caruso. And so having him be out for, and it's not just six to eight weeks from now, it's he's not going to get surgery until next week. And then it's six to eight weeks until he's reevaluated. So he may not even be here until like April. Uh, so that's, that's really the tough part. And I don't know about you guys, but how do you feel? Do you feel like that changes the approach that the front office should have in going all in or making deadline moves? I know because Larry and I have talked about that on previous shows and with previous guests about, you know, what, what AK and, and Eversley should do, but does, does this injury, does this timeline affect, um, you know, what you think that front office should do? Larry, I'll start with you on that. 
Uh, I would say yes. I think it should because I, I just feel like that. It, uh, we like you, like you said, we talked about it a little bit before the show. Is it's going to affect seating, um, and if if the Bulls can somehow stay at home court home court advantage, I think I would maybe still think about trading. Um, but if if we slide down, we're out of home court advantage. I, I just kind of think, you know what? Let's stick to our guns. Maybe add on the margins a little bit. Maybe buyout market. You know, uh, you still do that. But uh, in terms of trading your 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 big asset and, and Pat, kind of throws it throws a wrench in there. That that's where I'm at right now. What about you, Chip? Yeah, I mean, I think I was already team don't touch anything, and. So it, it doesn't really like, to be honest, for me, it pushes me closer to the like, and I mean, maybe if you can get someone like a two second round picks for an expiring defense, like point of attack defender, then maybe you go for that just because like, just having someone at the point of attack who's like solid, it just does so, so much for the team. Just because like, even like you guys said, I mean, I guess Lonzo won't be back for a while, but maybe he gets back before Caruso. I think his timeline is like four to six and Caruso is like six to eight. Plus he's got that extra week. So maybe we have a little bit of time with that, right? Like Lonzo gets pushed to the point of attack when Caruso is not out there. And he's gotten much better at that than like navigating screens than he was in New Orleans. However, like that's still not really what you want him doing. You know, it's kind of like, He's kind of like being that like linebacker kind of off the ball, like just making plays, you know. And so putting him up there, not only is it not what he's best at, it also takes away that aspect of having him as a helper, which is really where he thrives because, you know, he's just such a clever player. And I mean, it kind of sucks. But for me, it doesn't really change a ton because it's just like I probably would rather stay put and kind of my, my, my mindset's basically that like, I think that if you were to go get a guy, you might push us closer to contention. Maybe, you know, instead of a a 2% chance, it's like a 5% chance. I don't really think that's super worth it. And I'm kind of of the mindset of we're doing some kind of wacky, unique things that aren't super common with like showing and recovering with Vooch on screens and stuff. And, you know, relying on a lot of weak side preemptive rotations at the rim. I'd kind of like to just see how that fares in a playoff atmosphere for one year before I'm like, Hey, I'm going to all in. And then, you know, we find out, Hey, you know, we're going to need such and such player or skill set to make the system work. And we don't have any assets to go get that because we all in for something that maybe wasn't what we actually needed, you know? So I've kind of been at the mindset of like, Hey, we weren't supposed to be winning a title. We were just supposed to be good this year. We're already doing the good thing. Let's just like stay the course, see how it goes in the year in the playoffs and see how, you know, our systems kind of look and how our players look in a playoff atmosphere. You know, uh, real quick, you bring up you 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 kind of pushed me into this thought, right? And, and we talked to me and Chris talked about this um, with uh, you know last couple shows. Is like you would actually a great person to uh, to have for this question, Chip, because like you're just very good at scouting. You you have a very good um, you know repertoire of how you like go about these things. Um, but what what do you think is Pat's like? I don't know, like his floor as an NBA player. Ooh, I mean, that's an interesting one. I think like, you know, we have a bunch of film clips up later, so I have a lot of mm. bad things. So I'm going to try and not reiterate the things that we're going to be talking about later. But I think Pat's kind of floor is a lot 
higher than what we've seen already. Like what he's doing isn't, I think PD Webb had a really good statement about it where certain players you can kind of like, I think IO and Pat are on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think they're great examples for it where you can kind of just throw IO out there and be like, Hey, just make positive basketball plays. Whenever you see an opportunity to make something positive happen, just like go seize the day. Right. And IO thrives in that. And Pat kind of got put in the same place. Right. And it's like, all right, man, if you, we trust you, you're smart. Like go do things. I feel like Pat's maybe the kind of guy that needs a bit of structure, you know, tell him what he needs to do and he will go do it. Right. So I think like last year and what we've seen from Pat, like before the little stretch he played this season, which he showed a lot of really promising stuff, some of which we'll talk about later. um, I think Pat kind of, if you give him what he should be doing, it like, he'll be able to do a lot better in a more defined role, I guess you could say. Um, And also like another big thing to keep in mind, that's like kind of my big thing with Pat. That's like the one thing that I really think Bulls fans need to kind of wrap their mind around is, you know, not, not a lot of people had seen Pat pre-draft, right? Navigating screens and defending the perimeter and like spacing the floor on catch and shoots. Those were like his worst things as a prospect. Like playing perimeter defense was like what he was horrible at. Like that was his worst thing. And we came out here and we're like, all right, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James on the perimeter. <laughs> you got him and stand in the corner and shoot threes. And those are like the thing, the last things he wanted to be doing. So, I mean, I think what we've seen, like I can understand why people are like a little bit worried about what he's shown so far, but like, yeah. I I yeah. really wouldn't be worried about that because there's a lot of stuff he's really good at. So I guess when I think about the floor, I guess, I mean, if you're looking at a floor, the handle probably never really develops and he maybe still has those issues finishing around the rim in traffic. So maybe you're looking at a guy who can like, you know, space the floor in kind of a similar vein to like PJ Tucker, where he's just hitting standstill corner threes. Uh, But I think he's a really good passer and I think he's already shown that. So I think it's like a floor spacing connective wing and you probably play him like in the dunker spot defensively instead of, you know, I don't know, on superstars on the perimeter. So, I mean, I think he's like a a plus team defender and a connective passer and a floor spacer that's good enough that he'll draw closeouts. I love this. I love this because you're right. And and Kobe White has kind of gone through, went through a similar thing in his first two years where he was asked to do extremely different things year one versus year two. And at the end of each, towards the end of each season, he really started to thrive in that role in each season, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he, his first season, he was asked to be a help defender. He was definitely just a shooting guard off the bench, you know, just come in, score. And it took a little while, but he got hot in his last, you know, 20 games or whatever in the season, he really started killing it. Um, and his defense was actually, I thought, pretty decent for his size and, prof- and physical profile. I thought he did a pretty good job as a help defender. And then his second season, we asked him to be point of attack defender, starting point guard, distributor, get, you know, get the whole team into their sets. And you saw how he had some great, great games early on in the season. He had like a 10 assist game. I think it was against the Kings and he had like a 13 assist game. I think it might've been against the Blazers. Portland. Yeah. yeah it's Portland. Blazers. So those, you had those two really good games and it was just like very up and down. And yeah. then, after Vooch, after the Vooch trade, you saw he kind of developed a little chemistry with Vooch and that pick and pop, and yeah. he started doing well. And I I will say this year, and I know we'll probably talk about Kobe Kobe's defense a little bit, but I think he's really started to 
latch onto his role this year is screen navigation. I don't know if it's just the Crusoe effect on the whole roster that everyone's getting better at screen navigation. <laughs> Maybe he just like yeah, oh, for sure. one weekend, yeah. but but he he's improved a lot, and I think even Io's improved a lot since the beginning of the season. So that it's just interesting that you say that about Pat because both Laro and I are probably higher on Pat than any other Bulls people we know, uh, <laughs> other than you. <laughs> and we're constantly getting talked down about like uh, about what he could be. But as you mentioned, he's just got so many skills, but he does need that structure. And I know we'll get into it later, but I, I'm just so happy you said that because I, I do think. I'm kind of more on the keep Pat train now than I was a few weeks ago because of because of kind of the reports about Jeremy Grant coming out that he's not really looking for the type of role that we would be offering here in Chicago. And given the injuries and everything, I don't know. I'm just feeling a little bit more hesitant about it. I still think we I still think we need a move or two, but it'd be more on the margins, like a you know, like eighth to tenth guy thing rather than a starting forward. And and we may get Pat back in like March. Yeah. That would be kind of exciting to see I, what he can do. I, to go, you know, to go along with what Chip brought up in terms of like the finishing and traffic and things like that. Like going back to when I was watching his summer league games and I did the thing with PD on the marathon. Um, like it, it's it, you know you take a step back and you look at the things that he was doing in summer league. Like those are all the things that he like needs to work on. And I thought it was like really cool because. You know, on a lot of his drives, like he's trying these different types of finishes, you know, long arm, you know, quick, uh, quick wrong hand, finishes, yeah. wrong hand, extended high, extend, like just doing all these different kind of uh, finishes. And I'm like, I, you got to love a guy like that, man, You because some guys are just like, you know what, I'm here. I'm going to continue to do the things that got me here, you know, but like to, to have a young guy like that with that type of build and the type of unique skill, he, you know. Uh, tool bag he has and and to be a, a sponge and I, and I, I tweeted about it today but like just it makes you wonder what type of development uh, where he would be in his development right now after you've seen Kobe Ugh. and you've seen Io and it's like you know so I, it's something to think about man it really is absolutely so let's I, I don't know about you but I can't wait I can't wait for the clips. <laughs> I'm just so excited to get to the clips. Oh, yeah. you know what? Can we get to one thing before we get to the yeah. clips? So, um that's fine. I guess. I, I think guess. Oh, chip, right? So when you <laughs> when you think about um why some people were like, you know, we got to do it now. We got to get, you know, make a move and try to push for it now. And I think one of the biggest reasons why people said that is because Demar, right? He's 32. He's having an MVP year. Like everybody's thinking like we got to pounce now because who knows if you can play at that level next season, you know, um, and where, where's your thinking with that? Like, are you worried about uh, a DeMar DeRozan like, falling off, you know, and may maybe not being the MVP guy, but still giving you good, good, good minutes and being an effective basketball player? No. Okay. I mean, he's never really like, I, there's not really a reason to believe like it's not like he's ever really overly relied on his athleticism or anything because mm -hmm. I feel like that's the one thing you come from I mean I feel like Demar's kind of aged like fine wine mm. like he's way better now than he was when he was like 26 27 I mean maybe he's not you know as explosive because I mean he did have some ferocious dunks back yeah. in day and I mean he still has some some nice dunks but I mean I feel like with like the passing and stuff I feel like he's always been 
more of kind of a, a skilled and cerebral player, right? And I feel like he's just getting smarter and more skilled as it goes. So, I mean, I feel like he's kind of just aging like fine wine, you know, for a, for a little soccer reference in Italy. Like, the, I, there's this weird thing where Italian goal scorers, they just get better as they get older. And I feel like, you know, it's <laughs> kind of our Italian goal scorer, comp and goal scorer. He just gets, he keeps getting older and he keeps getting better, man. Is Pirlo Italian? He is. That brother could play. Even could when play. he was really old. Yeah. 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 But yeah, man. Um, so this, Chris, well, actually, yeah. What's up? Yeah. Well, uh, before, maybe before we go to that point, um, the guy, there's another guy I'm actually way more worried about <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> as far as that. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little bit more worried about, about Vooch, uh, going forward, but he's, you know, but I kind of agree with Chip that. And that's something that people didn't expect Demar to have a career year when he got here. And I don't know about anyone else, but Lero and I kind of did, <laughs> kind of did expect him to have a career year because we're like, listen, he he has he's the perfect fit for what this team needs. He's going to maximize Levine's talents. He's gonna he's gonna get us calm down in the fourth quarter in crunch time. He's gonna get us to the free throw line. You know, people were worried about the rule changes on Demar. I'm like, Demar's. He's not going to be affected by that rule change. He's he's not a grifter. He just he gets to his spots. He takes his shots, and, and if you foul him, you, you foul him. Like he's just so good at getting his shot off, and and people are really terrible <laughs> falling for it. Yeah, but, well, I yeah. mean, he doesn't care if there's a hand in his face. So like, right. you have to do. Players feel some obligation to do more than put a hand in his face because it's like if you don't block his shot, he doesn't care that you're there. So like, they have to try. Because I mean, when they're trying to contest they're just trying to like contest they're not trying to block it all the time otherwise they'd foul all the time right, right so like yeah. you can contest him and he doesn't care so you have to try and block and then you just end up fouling all the time love it i love it yeah oh man yeah, I I've, i'm i think i'm converted now like see what we can do this year i still would like some more scheme versatility on defense i i feel like if we can get someone at the four or five that can switch play some small ball five just and i don't know if Stops available at you know like the vet minimum. I think it's two point six is what he's making. I don't know if he's worth it. I got to look on film and see how he's done with the Nets this year. But I've heard oh, oh he's a great Paul Millsap, Paul Millsap, because that's who he wanted over Alize, and then we ended up picking out up Alize and then and dropping him. But I wanted Tyler to keep Stanley Cook though. Yeah, I know. That, that's what I was gonna say. That Tyler in Cook. the in the Bucks game, Tyler Cook was on Giannis, and they stuck uh, Vooch on Bobby Portis, and Bobby Portis mm. was just standing in the corner. Cook basically played center, and uh-huh. he did pretty fucking well. Sorry, I don't know if I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he, he, sorry did, we, we, he did. We got explicit. Himself. Yeah, we got ex- explicit tag on on our show. Okay, <laughs> that's I, I really, I really okay, wasn't trying to do that. It just it's just how I talk. I'm sorry. Hey, it's emotion. Now baby. I gotta go edit this, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this, we can restart from the top. No, we Gucci, man. We Gucci. Hey, we're, we're done. We publish. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> man, I I can't wait to get to some of these uh Tyler Cook uh clips, but I I know you um you wanted to hit uh IO first. I did. Right? I have okay. a special clip for you, Laro, that I think you're gonna enjoy. I believe there's a clip in the IO folder named special clip for Laro. <laughs> Did you want to go there first, or you want? To I do- would love to open up with special clip for Laro. Let's do it. I'm oh, sorry. it is. <laughs> it is. I don't know if you've seen this clip before, but if you haven't, I think you're gonna like it. Okay, hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. Let me mute it. 
Boom. Okay, I'm ready. I I, right. I would love to just let you see this and then break down what's happening. Ooh. Hey. Ah, I do like this a lot. Um, yeah. So this is basically a double ball screen, and it's like it's almost like a Spain as well. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, I think that I the, broke this game down too because uh, we had a few clips of IO and uh, when we did our IO, uh, our IO show. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's really cool just because Spain pick and roll is not like for for those who aren't like super familiar. This is either referred to as Spain or stack pick and roll, mm -hmm. and basically, I, I was going to come across two screeners here, and the big thing. Like the big thing with Spain pick and roll is you want your ball handler to be super like you have to be very confident nice. in them as a decision maker. Yep. And that's why at like the college levels, you won't see a ton of Spain pick and roll all the time just because there's so many complex decisions going into it. There's like 10 reads. So even Illinois in this, they also have a weak side pin down going on, right? Where the the weak side forward sets a screen. So Io has a read. The first screener is going to pop out for a shot. So he has to read if that shot's open. Then he has the second screener rolling to the basket. So he makes that read. And he can make the decision that he should just drive there, right? Mm -hmm. And they have a weak side pin down, which he can read. And the pin down screener flashes <laughs> to the basket. There's so many reads that he has to process. And like it's not super common at the college level. But I mean, and Illinois super well coached. And they were just let him do it. And he killed it. And on top of everything you just said, Baylor is a damn good defensive team. <laughs> that is Davion Mitchell and uh, Macy Oteague and Jared Butler. Is it? Like, that was the, those are the national champions. He's doing it against. This isn't like him reading Western Kentucky. This is this is him reading a Baylor very strong defense that went to the national title game. So hey, you stuff. know where you were. You know where you will see Spain pick and roll. Whoops. What? Laro. Where? Laro. Your kid. Your kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, you know what? I taught them Chicago as well. That's my favorite uh -huh. action. Um, oh, you know what's so funny, Chip? Uh, this play is very reminiscent of the play I was I, I clipped from the Bulls game uh, against the Bucks. But the ball handler wasn't Io though; it, it was Demar. But this is good stuff. It's weird. It's like the, it's the synergy is there because this is the same exact play I'm about to. I, I was going to show you later. <laughs> we knew it. We were speaking each other's language. Now I almost <laughs> I almost clipped one from the game too. There was one really weird one I hated. Did they oh. ran chin for Demar? So mm. like, but that just gets you open for a three point shot. But why are you run? You just like they're like Billy. You could hear him like yell it out. He's like chin, chin, and they ran chin action for Demar, and it got him open. And he was like, "All right, I mean, I'm just not gonna shoot that." So, bro, I mean, it's getting better. I mean, their their actions are getting better. I, I, if you listened to the pod before, me and Chris, I've I've I brought it up about how. I feel like the actions um, offense in the half court could be a bit better. Um, but seeing this, the set that they ran against the Bucks makes me feel a lot better. That lets me know that they're seeing things that worked against them and mm -hmm. using it against other teams. And I think that set when Zach is back. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I will say in, in relation to this and, and the trust that, um, you know, the coach has in Io's decision making. I think we've really seen a lot of progress with Io's decision making as a ball handler in the last several weeks, especially with Levine out. Uh, they've run Kobe and, and Io as a starting uh, backcourt, and they put Kobe more off ball and had Io, you know, make decisions. And he's been he's been really freaking good. I know he got a little. I haven't. I didn't get to watch the Bucks game, but I've heard he was a little bit 
kind of like hesitant on decision making. Uh, I'm not sure if it was as a shooter or as a passer, but uh, maybe you guys can speak to that. Yeah. So um, the thing with AO or sorry, IO um, is that he he's really good when attacking like closeouts, which we'll get to. I have a bunch of clips of that. And so when he gets the ball as a shooter, he like the Bucks are really well coached. And Mike Budenholzer does a great job there, especially defensively. And I think it was kind of in the scouting report for the Bucks that's like, don't close out hard on him, right? Because I I think he's shooting like 40%, but it's on mm-hmm. a really low volume. Like yeah, he gets yeah. a lot of open looks, but he wants the defender to close out so he can blow by them and then make a passing read. That's what he that's like his favorite thing to do right now. And so the Bucks just kind of like soft close out on him. And he just was like, I can't blow past them. And he's like, but he's already like when he catches the ball, he's already he already knows he's going to drive. And so he caught the ball and they didn't close out. And he's like, well, I guess I'm kind of open for the shot. But then by the time he like thought through that, they had already kind of gotten close. And it was like, uh, so he's a little hesitant. And then, you know, there was one play where he got an open, he had an open look and he didn't take it and he brought the ball. They doubled DeMar. He got the ball, didn't take the open look, gave it back to DeMar. They doubled DeMar again. He got it again. He was like, all right, well, this time I got to shoot it, (laughs) shot it up and didn't go in. And I think, you know, Io and Kobe both had rough nights. Yeah. Um, to go along with that, uh, I told the guy, I told you guys before the show, like I wasn't able to see the second half yet. I was going to go back and clip some things after I watch it. Um, but from the first half, um, I mean that, that, this, that game for win against the bucks was probably Kobe play having a Kobe recent Kobe game, um, probably beat that team. But in terms of the IO situation, I always look at, um, um, IO when like it, against the bucks right him not having um the his recent typical game like he's he's been having um i look at different things right so one who is he having to guard on the other end and then two is this a different uh playoff atmosphere is this a you know because we haven't played the bucks and this team is the reigning champ so you know going into that game you're probably putting a lot of pressure on yourself things like that to to continue to play well and then you start pressing um, and not really reading defenses, making the decisions that you usually make because you're overthinking probably and things like that. But I also think like the biggest thing is too, just from the first half, is he had to guard Chris Middleton a lot. And I think I, that that can weigh on you. You know, he's a big dude. You're, you're giving it all you got to, uh, on the defensive end to get stops, which that they were playing some great defense. And um, um, yeah, the Bucks missed some shots, but for the most part, they were playing some good defense. And I, I think that also comes onto the offensive end when you're giving you know, a lot of your effort on the defensive end, that, that does come to the offensive side of the ball. You, you're tired, you're fatigued, you, your decision-making isn't as, you know, clear and quick as it usually is. So I, I think it's a learn, it was a learning experience for him and Kobe because uh, I, don't, I don't think I'll, we'll, we'll see any games where Kobe goes 0 for 9 from 3 again. I, I, I just can't, no. can't see that. I mean, he, Especially, he makes one, one of those. I mean, that game, I, I think we win that game. He makes oh. one. Yeah. I mean, there was the most depressing thing where he had this, he got this like kind of open look off a catch, but he was kind of like, he had already missed so many. Yeah. So he wasn't thinking it. And he just kicked it to Matt Thomas. And then they blitzed Matt Thomas in the corner. He kicked it back to Kobe. And there's one second on the shot clock. And Kobe went to like <laughs> dribble. And he's like, oh, shoot. And then he ended up getting a shot clock violation. But he threw up the shot after, anyways, and just swished it perfectly. And it was oh. like, oh, my God. The one that's like, as soon as he dribbled that, I was like, he's going to make it after the shot clock. Man. And it, it just, you just uh, knew it. Uh, I feel like he kind of got in his own head in that game. But yeah. I, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll bounce back.
Oh, yes. Also, really, really small note. Alex Crusoe shot like six times after he broke his wrist. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. Yeah, he, he went one for six in this after ah, after he, he broke his wrist and cool. he grabbed the ball out of he grabbed the ball out of Giannis's Giannis. hands on a drive. He just straight up like yanked it yes. on a so drive with a broken wrist. He may have not had a broken wrist originally, and then he kept playing on it, dude. That was not yeah, good. maybe. I was really kind of upset when they put him back in. I was like, this is not worth it, man. Oh, and he missed those two free throws right after, too. Because, yeah, it was his right wrist, right? So, wrist, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that, dude. Yeah. Do you you guys want me to just share the screen for the clips or? Hey, it's totally fine with me. It's up. It doesn't matter to me. All right. I think I can make this work. Uh, Is it, is it gone? Hey, I see it. Okay. Yep. All right, yeah, I'll I'll, sh- I'll share it once you once you uh, have Sounds the clip good. up. Um, all right, so the first thing with Kobe is, or sorry, not Kobe, Io is offensively like this has been a big emphasis for the for the Bulls this season. Is kind of, um, you know, when Billy Donovan and Arturis Karnaschovas did their preseason interviews, they mentioned the word ball handler eleven times in the responses and that's been a big emphasis for the bulls and it's a big emphasis that the nba is heading towards in general is a lot of the best teams are just putting as many ball handlers on the court at a time and the thing is when you're not the primary ball handler the level of skill that like you is required for a ball handler goes down a little bit right because instead of you know initiating and beating standstill defenses you're kind of just capitalizing on advantages right so when yeah. we have demar and zach and vooch out there as our all-stars right they kind of uh, create advantages and then the ball gets kicked out and guys like Kobe and IO and Pat are able to capitalize on those advantages. It makes their job a lot easier. So for me, a lot of the clips I have here are, um, of attacking closeouts. Right. Um, so we got this one here against the cow got this one here against the calves. So yeah, if you want to full screen it, if you okay. full screen on your screen, it'll it'll show up a little bit better. Okay, so here we have Demar running a pick and roll with Alex Caruso, right? Gets yep. the screen, gets downhill, right? As soon as Demar takes this first step into the paint, here we can even oh, not subtitles playback speed. We can even slow this down, right? As soon as Demar gets this foot in the paint, right? Lowry is already shading over to mm-hmm. try and prevent. Demar from getting the basket. Mobley stays in front of him, so Lowry probably didn't, right? But Lowry's going to have to come back and close out on Io, right? And this is what Io wants, right? Yeah. Now that this defender is just sprinting at him, this defender's momentum is carrying him away from the basket. So Io can just attack and he'll blow straight past him, right? And then when Io gets downhill, he's able to make a nice pocket pass into Vooch here, right? So when he's creating from a standstill, maybe it's not as easy, but right here, he can just come down, throws this pocket pass into Vooch. And can it's I, an easy bucket. Can I yeah. say something really quick? Mm-hmm. It's your pot, baby. This, this, this is <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like, I understand Vooch is not shooting the ball well. Yeah. But that's a damn smart basketball play. He reads Jared Allen's back. He backs to him. He cuts. Like, that's a smart basketball play. There's no play yeah. for Io if, if Vooch doesn't cut there. And, like, that's what I'm talking about. I understand he's missing shots. But, like, look at the player. Watch what he does, man. Like, yes, he's missing three-point shots, but I mean, come on, dude. I mean, I okay, I'll shut up. Go ahead, Chip. You're doing a heck of a no, job, you're, brother. I'm, you're I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah, I mean, so again, I think like uh I think this one, this one was 
I can't remember which one this exactly is. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this is another decision-making one, right? So, I mean, one thing oh, that yes. I have done really well with is he's just really good at identifying mismatches, which is something Lonzo does super well and really stands out. Yeah. So, I mean, here we have him coming up in transition, and three Grizzlies defenders kind of all go to stop the ball, and Kyle Beautiful. Anderson's kind of just staring off into space. So, he just throws this one over the top to Tony Bradley, and it's just free points just like that, you, right? You, you see the... the... The, it, not only is it a great uh, a great read, but the pass leads him to the basket. Like, look at him. One, boom, right up. Like, that's... Yeah, the timing. Because that could have gone, you know, if he'd pass it just a little higher or a little further, he would have been under the basket and it would have been... Yeah, late. exactly. It's really okay. well placed. Good timing. Really good job on that. Um, so, I, I mean, we don't have to go through <clears throat> all of these, but I think there are some really nice ones. Where's the... Actually, he has this one. Where is it? Uh oh, this this was this one was from last night's game. I think this might be my favorite IO play of the game. So just for a little backstory, like a little context on this one, um, the Bulls had just run a back screen from Kobe onto Bobby Portis in the paint to try and get Vooch a mismatch onto um Pat Connaughton. Mm -hmm. It didn't end up creating the switch, and then. Um, he has this post up right on Bobby Portis and the Bucks are going to help. And IO knows the Bucks are going to help and he knows it's going to be Grayson Allen. So the first thing to look out for is as soon as Grayson Allen digs to go double in this post here, IO is going to cut immediately, right? As soon as he goes, mm. IO's off. He has two defenders that meet him, right? If he tries to just dribble through these guys, he's going to lose his handle. So he takes one power dribble, tucks the ball, gets to the rim. Giannis leaps at the rim, defensive player of the year. Io right-handed one hand reach around whip pass back out to wide open Kobe. I kind of wish Kobe took the shot, but I mean, Hey, he scored the floater anyways. And I think like stuff like this, just like when you have multiple ball handlers on the court and you have a guy like Io, you know, if this is a three and D player here, you maybe don't get this cut. And if you do get the cut, he runs into the two defenders and it doesn't do anything. You know, maybe George Hill's able, like if he stands here, George Hill's able to come over and it's a lightly contested three. But when you have these guys who can make decisions, who can, you know, capitalize on these advantages where Vooch draws the double, right? That just makes your offense so much more dynamic. And that's what the Bulls have been able to do this year. And I think the fact that they've been able to get so many guys that can kind of put the ball on the floor just makes the offense that much better, right? Yeah. I'm loving these, but um, the you're right, man. I mean, that's what makes it, you know, makes this thing go, man. And uh, I know, I know, I'll get back on the Vooch thing, right? I know mm -hmm. people want Vooch to to shoot these threes and everything like that, but um, especially when he's in the post, right? And people are like, oh my god, he has a mismatch. Like, what is he doing? But like, Vooch is creating an advantage. He's he's getting into that that paint as deep as he can. As soon as help comes. Swings it out like you've mentioned, and you got guys around him that are very good advantage creators. So yeah, he may be able to you know go over the top, but why shoot over two guys when you can scoot that out to IO and he can attack a closeout, and maybe find an open three point shot or whatever. And I just, I don't yeah. know, man, I'm loving it. Well, and you have you have so few people on the team that are record scratch guys. Like you yeah. either have advantage creators or advantage maintainers, if you will. Right, they they keep that advantage going. They 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 make that quick second half second pass or drive mm -hmm. or dribble. Like they just they don't have any wasted energy on that end. It seems like it just it and it's you know speaks to how how good their offense has been despite Vooch's really big struggles in shooting. 
that people still defend him as if he is an all-star, which, you know, for what you want to do offensively is half the battle. I think it's really important. I think a lot of people don't realize that when it's not just about whether or not Vooch is making shots. And this is the same thing when Nikola Miritich was here a few years back. Even if he was having a rough game, people knew he was a shooter and they closed out on him like a shooter and he could take advantage of that and, and the offense could still flow really well. And so Vooch, I'm sorry, Vooch, uh, Miritich and Butler, when they had like the best on-court rating together. And, and every 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 lineup that was good in those Bulls years that Miritich was on, he was always in the lineup because he just, I don't know, he just played the right way even if he was missing shots. And so I kind of apply that to Vooch here. Vooch is so important for the offense and what they do and they keep the ball moving and create those advantages that whether or not he's actually scoring the ball is kind of, I don't know, isn't as important as it would be for a guy, you know, who's just taking the shot. And if he's not taking the shot, he's not doing anything else. So anyways, it's a small point. I know we've touched on it before, but. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a great point. And I mean, here's the last one of these kind of passing clips that we need to go through. I, I really like this one because um, one thing that's really important to do here and that a lot of players wouldn't do and kind of shows how advanced I was as a passer, he's going to attack this closeout here, right? And so there's two options here. He can either settle for a floater once he gets past these two defenders because these Dennis Schroeder's fallen on the floor. Grant Williams is not quick enough. They're not keeping up with him, right? So the big thing to look for is either you're going to shoot or you're going to pass. And there's one very, very important thing that every coach will tell you if you're going to make the pass, you need to engage the dunker spot defender before you pass, right? So as soon as Io reads that Cantor, or sorry, Freedom, is coming to defend him here, right? Uh, as soon as he reads that, he's going to make that drop pass every single time, right? And it's the decision-making to understand, like, you know, he really knows as a passer what he needs to be doing. He knows, I need to engage as a defender. If he doesn't come, I will shoot. If he does come, I will pass, right? And he just no look drops off the pass and he's doing the Dwayne. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did the like Dwayne Wade lob to LeBron yeah. celebration here with the. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he did. After yes, he, he, did. After he uh, maneuver, manipulated uh, Enos Freedom on defense, which is, you know, quite the, quite the task. That's um, great stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's great. So then the one thing that I will say is, you know, it's not it's not all, you know, we can sit here all day and talk about how, you know, phenomenal he is. But I think one thing that's really, really nice is kind of pointing out places where a player can improve, right? And so the first thing I want to show is with the shot. Um, this, so when looking at shot mechanics, and again, I'm not someone, I would not consider myself an expert in shot mechanics, but I do know a few things, right? And one thing that's really big to look at is when AO, or sorry, IO, uh, shoots the ball here, he's gonna, let me slow this one down real quick, just to make sure I catch it. So when IO's loading up to shoot here, the one thing you can look at is his shot base, his legs, right? You can kind of see how his knees concave inwards, right? That's a knee valgus on or bend on his knees, right? So what that means is that mechanically is not necessarily a problem, but that means you're struggling to generate strength. You're struggling to generate power for the shot, right? Um, you'll see it a lot of times with college players and especially with guards who aren't necessarily as strong, their knees will bend, bend inwards when they're bending their knees to generate power for their shots. So in general, that's not something that the knee bend isn't necessarily a problem, but the knee bend shows you that generating yeah. power is something he's struggling with, right? So when he's getting these shots and he's not necessarily taking them, 
it's important to keep in mind that he's not super comfortable taking these shots. And a big reason why is probably that he's not necessarily super comfortable generating the power. Um, so that's, that's something I just wanted to keep in mind and point out just because that's like the, the biggest thing with IO shooting right now is that he's pretty clearly having some issues with power generation at times for his three pointers. Well, and that kind of goes back to when we were reviewing his college film. If you looked at the way that at the shots that he was taking, um, his stances were always kind of frenetic and wild. Mm -hmm. Like he was, he didn't have like kind of a cassette shot stance. And I think he's gotten better on it since he's gotten to the NBA for sure. Like he definitely does not have that same sort of like just kind of wild stance. Um, but it's interesting. He's still kind of working through that. And yeah, I'm, I'm not a shot doctor at all, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that was something that, that I noticed when I was reviewing, like when going over his, his college film was, was that stance. Um, but his, you know, his shot has been going in. It's like 40 something percent up until this Bucks game. I can't remember when yeah. he shot the Bucks game, but he, he, I think he only made one. Yeah. He I is think, taking like three three pointers per 100 possessions. Yeah. It's, I, I think it makes sense um, with what you, you know, with your observation is why he's maybe shooting a bit better from the corners because it's, it's a little, it's a closer, closer shot. So for sure, it makes, makes a bunch of sense. Um, so yeah, that that's just all I wanted to go over with the with the shot thing on three point shots, and then, um, so obviously, he's been sensational, but there are some things that he can do better. So um, one thing, uh, which one was it? was it? This one, I think it's this clip that I was. Yeah. Okay. So when I when I was driving. Um, one thing that you'll look for when players are driving to the basket is to make sure that they are taking tight angles, right? So when you take a tight angle coming around as a ball handler, this is super important, especially when coming around screens is when this pops up a ton. When you're taking that tight angle to the basket, it's a lot quicker path and you'll get to your spot that much quicker, right? And it also makes it harder for the defenders to kind of react, right? So things you'll be looking for is taking really tight angles around the screens and sometimes putting your shoulder into a defender's chest, right? When you get them on your kind of side, as you're turning that screen, you'll put your shoulder into their kind of get into them. So you can take that super tight angle. And when you look at IO drive, a lot of the times, if we look at this, right. Um, even if we slow this down, so it's a bit easier to see, right. Um, he's going to come around the screen and he's going to take a super wide angle. Like he's taking like three yep. whole steps out wide before he's turning and he just doesn't get to the spot quick enough. And I mean, he draws a foul here, but again, just like kind of the idea of taking these <laughs> super wide angles is just letting three players collapse in and contest the drive. Right. And, and if you, the, <laughs> the guy, he's also the patient guy. He was really mad about that foul. <laughs> Number yeah. twelve. I can't. I can't tell who that is. But I think that's O'Shea Brissett. Brissett. Look at his face. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's pissed. <laughs> no, I, that's a great point because um, e even now, when I coach my guys, um, coming around a screen, you almost want to be rubbing shoulders with your screener, you yeah. know, because it, it it instantly puts your defender in a tr lock and trail position, and now he's in hell. You know, if you if, you know, you could put him yeah. in jail. You can slow jail. play it. Um, and you can make your reads a little bit easier. Like if he puts him in jail, maybe slow plays that a little bit more. Miles Turner has to step up that opens up Vooch. So it's, that's a great observation. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's always about creating the advantage. You're creating Absolutely. the advantage with that. And one of the good things is I actually have a clip where he does it. Mm. Um, 
in this clip, he's going to take a, he, he takes, I think at the start, he takes like one step that I didn't really love, but then mm -hmm. he cuts to some super tight angle and it ends up really mattering on this play, right? Um, so he's going to come around the screen. He takes one step, like one step too far, but he immediately, as you can see right now, he's already right kind of there. cut himself super inwards. This is a way tighter angle and it's going to pay off because when he gets to the rim here, um, I did not mean to do picture in picture. Um, he's going to, Clint Capella is going to jump to try and defend this or defend this dunk, right? Or rim attempt, right? Right here is where Capella's leaping. Capella has to leap off of his back foot. Yep. Because he's not at the space in time. And because of that, his contest isn't super high. Io does a great job putting it high off the glass, and it's just an easy bucket at the rim. So things like this, like taking a tighter angle as a primary ball handler is important because it causes things like Capella doesn't get to the spot in time and he's jumping off his back foot instead of, you know, set up on two foot, two feet kind of loading up because generally rim protectors have a little bit longer of a load time because they're bigger guys, right? So it's just stuff like this where he cuts for the super tight angle and, you know, it, it just, it matters a lot. And it's going to be something that, that that's the kind of like, micro thing that you got to look for over the next couple months to see if he's kind of making progress you know also in that in that clip if um the way io shoots that layup mm -hmm. is very levine-esque and because io made a comment earlier in the year about how he was trying to emulate the way that zach yeah. levine uh gets elevation and that kind of distance you know he like takes his arm out on almost like a 90 degree angle and then it's like floats it up real high off the glass. Mm -hmm. And Io has gotten really, really good at that <laughs> over the yeah. course of the season. And he was because he was getting blocked all the time at the rim early on. Uh, oh, yeah. See I mean, how, that elevation and the extension he, he's got on that on that layup it makes a difference. I mean, I thought when I first saw the clip, I thought Capella might have gotten a piece of it because he gets he still gets high up there, even though he's off oh, his yeah. back foot. And then you see it go in. So <laughs> the game of inches. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Capella is also like a seven-six wingspan, so you just have to get that. Eye. That guy's got ridiculously ridiculous. long arms. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a great point, Chris. So I mean, this is the type of thing where he's he's able to do it at times, but you want him to be more consistently doing it because you you still get these times where he's taking super wide angles, and it's like it's kind of like he's taking like two or three more steps than you'd really ideally like him to be yeah. doing. Um, so then the other thing I would say that's kind of big with. IO that I'm going to be looking for. And I think, you know, we should generally be looking out for is when he's attacking these closeouts, he really wants to pass. Yeah. Um, he needs to get a little bit more comfortable shooting off of these, right? Because when we talk about kind of, you know, with all that ball handler talk, right. Having all these ball handlers, um, what you're, what, what those kind of players are referred to as uh, dribble pass shoot wings, right. The, the kind of three offensive building blocks, the three things you you can uh, you can do. Oh, <laughs> I included this clip while I was clipping things and it wasn't actually an example, but I just wanted to bring this one back really quick just because uh, I don't know if we remember when uh, Io did this to Alfred Schenken. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I, I was like, oh, what's this one? Uh, yeah, I was just, okay. Caught him by Love surprise. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I think this is one. Uh, yeah, so here he's going to get a closeout from uh, RJ Hampton. And he's going to go for a floater to try and get around Wendell. And the touch just isn't consistently there because it's not something he's super, super comfortable doing. And Iowa's floater numbers at college were pretty solid. But in, in general, 
just getting more comfortable taking these mid-range shots because when you get these closeouts, a lot of the times you'll see, I think there's even an example that I have of this Wizards clip. No, this says pass. Uh, where is it? This one. That's this one. He has these where, right, you'll get the closeout and you'll go by him and you'll just take this jumper, right? Just because this jumper is a little bit easier than the contested three-point jumper, right? So, I mean, even just getting more comfortable taking shots like this where you kind of get past him a bit and then he's contesting from the side, just getting more comfortable getting into things like those are what I'm going to be looking at for IO. So, I mean, the two the two big things off the jump that just jump out to me, and if you guys have any comments on this, I'd, I'd love to know, but it's just getting more comfortable kind of taking these mid-range and these floaters off of these kind of closeout attacks and then taking a tighter angle on his drives. Yeah. And this is also the clip that uh, where, where Beal said he'd given him advice when he gets that pass to just go and not because mm-hmm. he got called for that travel, and that's the yeah. one where he, sc- he scored out, not float over. I just say, use it on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, um, what are, one of the things about uh, um, Io when I was watching him um, last season before the, the draft is I think something that stood out to me about him was getting into that one dribble, two dribble pull up off a closeout. Um, and you know, the, the stats, especially if you go to synergy. He, he, he graded really well um, in, in pull-up jump shots um, and in the half court. So I think it about I think it's more about, like you said, like he's always looking to pass. I think it's more about just getting to those shots, like just just taking them, you know, when he's going to get those, you know. Um, and also, I, I think for the short closeout game, right, is like I think some players need to work on that, especially if you're not a, a knockdown three-point shooter where you're always going to get that guy lunging out to you. It's like, yeah, you may get a, a short closeout, but there are, there are certain counter dribble moves you can do in order to get a defender to open their hips to so you can attack downhill. And I think that's something he'll add to his game. Like, uh, I, you know, Phil Handy has a bunch of those videos that he that he teaches a lot of guys in terms of short closeouts, like how you can still, you know, attack those. Um, so I think, I think it's all about, like, one of the biggest things with rookies – you come in, you do the things that you know, right? You you do the things that, that come naturally naturally to you. And then in the offseason, that's when you can really dig in your bag and film and be like, okay, this is how they regard me when I did this. This is this is what they wanted me to do when we did that. And you can go in the, the lab and really work on those things. So uh, it's really good to see that he's making really, you know, some really nice developments during the season. So I think it all bodes well. I mean, you know, that he's going to improve and add some more things to his tools, tool bag. Let me ask you guys this question. Is Io ahead in development from where you thought he would be during his rookie season? Yes. Yep. I I knew that he was going to be a pretty good defender, uh, point of attack defender. Um, But I didn't offensively, I didn't think he was going to be able to come in right away. Well, I mean, it didn't happen right away, but come in and and be this effective offensively. um, That I think that was more my hang up was like, what is it going to be his, his, his niche or, you know, some guys say niche, but his niche on offense, you know, um, in order to help this team in the half court. No, I mean, I mean, for sure. I think the, the thing for me was like, I, I, I agree with Lero's like spot on with that, where I, I knew he was going to be a solid defender for a rookie at the very least. Right. Um, the one thing for me, and I think Chris mentioned earlier, like nailed the head on it, right. was his finishing. Like he was not a spectacular finisher at U of I. 
And he's come in and he's just been very, very solid around the rim, it, especially like Chris mentioned earlier, you know, he's getting blocked a lot, but he is just leaps and bounds as a finisher just becomes so much better so quickly. And that's just kind of unlocked everything for him offensively, right? Where he in the half court, it was kind of like, I don't know where the scoring threat's going to come, right? And yeah. now that he's got this finishing ability and he's attacking these closeouts like this, right? You know, he he, he can do things around the rim, right? And I think that that kind of changes. It kind of makes the whole half court offensive game come together for him. Yeah, that was that was what we talked about, Lara and I. We just didn't really see much of an offensive role for him early on. We just didn't know where he was gonna kind of step in. Um, like I thought he'd get minutes when Kobe was out early on just because of his defense, because defense was kind of a, a worry that was generally had by most fans coming into the season. We weren't sure how it was all going to work and, and get put together, but yeah, he's just, I don't know. He's, he's just fit right in. <laughs> I, I, w- I will say that and this may be a stupid reason, but I will say once I found out the way that the bulls wanted to play, offensively mm-hmm. and defensively i was a very i was a, a lot more optimistic about uh io's ability to maybe impact the game positively because this is where i say maybe stupid reason of why i felt he would do well is high school uh aau ball the way they're playing right now is the way he always played you know uh fat you know getting in the passing lanes getting on the break you know him attacking closeouts um off of some of his better teammates that he had so like I felt like a lot of that stuff that he did in high school and AAU ball, like was just going to translate to this, you know, uh, the way they wanted to play. So it may like, I, I feel like some people would be like, dude, it's that's high school ball, but I feel like it's about the style of play that you're used to, you know, it, it, it'll click right back for you. Well, especially as a rookie, when you don't have, you don't have a lot of time to get that development in it's, if you've got something you're already comfortable doing and you've done for, you know, the, the several stages before you got to the NBA, that's going to be an easier transition for you than, than picking up new skills, right? Yeah. I mean, or, or picking up a new style like Kobe, like they never, they never ran drop uh, coverage, <laughs> you know, or, like there's a lot of stuff that they, they, he didn't do at UNC, right. That, that he, he mentioned, and we talked to, to his brother, Will, uh, about, about some of those things. And it's just like, that's a comfort level that they just didn't have. And so that's going to be harder to translate. No, for sure. I mean, I think that's a great point. Like, I mean, you can even look at uh, Brandon Boston in LA mm-hmm. for the Clippers, right? He, in high school, was one of the top recruits playing his game, right? And then he went to Kentucky and he had to play in, you know, what Calipari wants. And that team kind of was maybe a little under-talented. They had really yeah. poor spacing and he just didn't look good. And he went like 50th in the draft. And I mean, he's already dropping 20-point games in the NBA because, hey, you know, he's he's able to get his buckets, you know, and get to his spots. And it's like, hey, that stuff translates. And, you know, it, man, add on to that real quick point is like, I think going to a guy like Ty Lue, that type of coach yeah. is, was perfect for him. Ty Lue is such an, to me, I don't think he gets enough praise for the type of coaching he gives his excellent O's. Like that was probably a good, great situation for him. So absolutely. No, I, I mean, I think that's a great point. And I think Billy has some similar qualities where I think both Ty Lue and Billy are really good at putting their players in positions to succeed. Yep. And playing to their strengths and kind of, you know, maximizing what they're able to get out of what they're given with their roster. And then this, this is like the last thing I will say with the, with IO Um, right here, uh, he's going to go attack this closeout and uh, Chris Chioza 
Shout out to Chris Shields. He's back. He, I think he tore his Achilles or something last season. He's back now, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like 5'11 or something. He's a good shooter. Um, he's going to come here and right uh, here. His arm is just on IO, right? <laughs> if this is DeMar or Zach, they're just pulling up and drawing a foul. Yep. This is like, and I think IO's taken like 121 drives this season, mm-hmm. and he's drawn three shooting fouls on those. And when you're attacking these kind of bent defenses and in this advantage position, right? Yep. It's people are rotating into you. And, you know, I think Bulls fans know this oh too well, right? Our defense relies a lot on rotations and that leads to us fouling a lot of players. We give up a lot of free throws just because of how our defense is, right? And I think this is kind of a similar thing. When you're attacking these closeouts and you are in an advantage position, players will make mistakes and they'll do things like put their arm on you, right? And it's just, this just needs to be an automatic foul. Or take one step and take the jumper instead of running into the defender and trying to shoot a floater. Yeah. Or a yep. runner or whatever you're going to call that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. So, I mean, that's the, that's the other thing. So, I mean, for me, it's just like becoming more comfortable taking the shots when attacking the closeouts, those kind of one-two dribble relocation pull-ups like Lara talked about. And then when he's driving, taking those tighter angles. But, I mean, the things he's been great at is like attacking the closeouts, making reads – being able to kind of, you know, put the ball on the floor and like get to his spots in a sense, right? And make reads and make decisions. And obviously, you know, the transition stuff's been sensational. Yeah. But I think Io is a really good kind of picture into what Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley are trying to do in Chicago, right? With these kind of pass dribble shoot wings and having a lot of ball handlers on the court and, you know, keeping the ball moving and attacking advantages, right? I think it's a great example. Yeah. No doubt. So yeah. last question to be on yeah. IO before we move on is, is your opinion of his ceiling higher than it was when we drafted him? Like, and, and and what would that ceiling be for you? Like what, what kind of role do you think IO can have in the NBA? Yeah. I mean, looking at IO, um, I'm not really sold that he has the, like when I look at a guard, that's going to be like a star player. One of the big, there's, there's like two big, avenues to start him for guards right one is just like knockdown shooting mm-hmm. like just truly elite pull-up shot making and i don't think he's ever going to get there i think he can become competent as like a catch and shoot guy and i even think he can you know do those pick and rolls where he goes across the screen one two dribbles and just takes a pull up from there that's something lonzo's gotten a lot better at as he's gone through the years especially this year um mm-hmm. And I think that that's something he can capitalize on, right? So then the other way that guards go to like true superstardom is just being like a an explosive get down the get downhill finish at the rim. And I'm not really sure Io has the body control or the kind of vertical explosion mm, no. to be that type of guy. So I don't know if there's really like a traditional star path. I mean, maybe there's some like incredible defender drew holiday star path but i wouldn't feel comfortable projecting that i would just be happy if it happens but not kind of expecting it so for me with io it would be like kind of being that dribble pass shoot wing and i think one thing is you know he's skinnier but he's like you know there's some athletes that are just stronger there's like a you know you can take you can take like a dna test uh, 23 and me i took one and uh there's like they can analyze your muscle structures and there's like a certain uh type of muscle structure that's commonly seen in elite athletes uh 
I don't know if you needed this to, me to tell you this, but I don't have it. Um, but I don't need to uh, take that test either. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, some players like Isaiah Jackson in Indiana is a great example where he's super lanky, but he's really strong, man. Yeah. And I like, you know, maybe he's having issues on kind of generating power on those jumpers, but when he's defending on the interior, he's yeah. pretty strong and he has yeah. really good footwork. He's really good at bracing himself and absorbing contact on that. And so I think for me, the thing with IO is like, can he defend like one through three and a half? He does have a similar body texture. Um, if he can defend kind of one through three and a half, where there are some fours where, you know, maybe he's not isolating defending Yana's in the post or something. Right. But right. like, you know, he's able to hold his own and he's able to hold for a couple seconds. So you can make that help rotation without him kind of capitulating immediately. Right. And so I think for me, like with IO, it's like, getting that point of attack defense up to where the point where he's truly elite at it. Cause right now he shows flashes of being great, but isn't quite there yet. Right. So getting elite there, being able to defend one through kind of three and a half, maybe. Right. Mm -hmm. And then on the offensive end, just getting more comfortable taking those shots off the catch, maybe getting those pull up one, two dribbles around a screen and you pull up on the three point shots. Right. And then just getting more comfortable, you know, getting downhill on those when attacking closeouts and stopping yeah. for those mid range jumpers. Yeah, man. I mean, nail on the head. Um, to go along with that, that point about, you know, being able to defend one through three and a half, uh, I thought he did a really good job on Jason Tatum when we played the Celtics. I, I really was impressed with that because, you know, I, I, I'm looking – that's what I'm looking for, right? If we're going to be in a, a situation where, you know, Caruso isn't there, I'm, I want to see – what because, you know, Iowa's probably that next best guy. So let me see how he does. And I thought he did – a really good job on, on Jason Tatum. And it really did show, I thought, on some on some drives, like his strength. Because yeah. he was he wasn't getting, you know, moved out of the way, you know, you a baby, get out. No, he was in front of him sliding pretty well. And I'm like, that's it's only gonna get better because you're gonna learn how to play NBA defense, you know. So it's crazy. I, I thought of a I just had a thought that's both uh really cool and also really depressing, which was I think Io's our best defender right now, uh, as far as healthy people on our roster like file <laughs> might yep. be the best defender he got no i think you're right so. i was good man i agree I that, that wingspan too he knows that's another thing he knows how to use that wingspan like ah you, you ah man i love it man i love io dog oh for sure love and you you the jason tatum point is great and it made me think about the the one the one last thing just so we can talk about io on this thing um his there's a lot of like micro skills that you know don't get talked about you know like three-point shooting all that stuff mm -hmm. like that's always talked about but there's a lot of like little things that go into it and the one thing that stands out with io his reaction time is Ooh. incredible it's like he genuinely may have the best reaction time in the nba like it's unreal how quick he is like and it helps him so much where it's like even if you know he's a rookie and he's not processing the play as quickly as a veteran he process he takes a second to process but he makes it all up in the reaction time where he's like sliding in front of tatum before like after his counter before tatum even gets and he's just beating guys to their spots the i think there was a for uh, an example of that reaction time was in against cleveland uh towards the end of the game where he, i think he was rotating from the right wing over to the left wing um, ball was in the corner, strong side uh, on the uh, on the left uh, corner, and somehow it showed on the uh, on a cut, and then like beat like to the to the guy and, and stole the pass like right. I'm like, reaction time is like, I was like, this dude man is unreal. Like, 
<laughs> I don't even know, man. Good point. I, I gotta, man. I gotta pay attention to that now that I'm when I'm when I'm looking over these games because I, I, I mean, he's been good. I just haven't. I mean, you guys obviously watch prospects a lot more than I do because <laughs> I watch zero prospects. <laughs> I got, I got that kind of time. Come on, uh, that's something I, I got to look for now. Yeah, it's there, man. It's golly. I think I have the clip, but I'll, I'll show it later. No, for sure, it's great, and um, I think kind of the way I thought this out in my head was uh, this kind of talk about dribble pass shoot wings translates into another dribble pass shoot wing that's on the Chicago Bulls roster and one that a lot of people would like to move to a different team's roster, but maybe we maybe shouldn't do that. Maybe. So let's talk about Patrick Williams. Uh, are we good with, are for, we good with for, that? For oh, just half guess. a second, I thought you were going to say Matt Thomas and I was going to have to kick you <laughs> no, no, I was not <laughs> thinking about Matt Thomas actually. <laughs> He's someone that other people people want to trade, put on a different roster. They kind of want to just put him on no roster. They just don't want him here. <laughs> I mean, hey. Okay. So the first thing with Pat, right, is looking at, like, the first thing that has to be kept in mind, right, is he is kind of this mold of a dribble pass shoot wing. And I think the the one thing that's important to keep in mind, and this is kind of something that, like, when we talked about Pat being maybe better than he's able to showcase – um, just kind of as like a behind the scenes, like draft theory, player development thing, this whole dribble pass shoot wing idea is really popular and you're not always able to get players that are great at all three, but mm-hmm. sometimes you can hope they can develop one. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the, the kind of hierarchy of how easy they are to develop, the, the hardest is dribble. Like yeah. it's very, like, it's not like outside of like maybe Paul George and like Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, there's not a lot of guys that like came into the NBA and had like massive handle development. That just doesn't really happen. And it's not something you should project pretty much yeah. ever. Right. Then it becomes passing because passing so much about having that kind of intuition and that feel for the game. That's not always there shooting. There's like really high level shooters and that's yeah. not something you can develop. But like the baseline for entry to be a, a, an NBA shooter is so low. It's yeah. literally just stand in place, catch the ball open and be able to hit a shot and you're a shooter. PJ mm-hmm. Tucker, yeah. stand in the corner and hit 40%. That's not, there's not a bunch of different skills going into that. He just stands in the corner, catch, shoot. That's it, right? So when you get a guy, like shooting is the one that translates into the on-court stats. It turns into the points, right? Because even with the passing, if you don't have the gravity to draw in defenders, there aren't open passes to make, right? Yeah. And, you know, you can dribble and get to your spots, but if you can't make the shot, it doesn't matter. Right. The, the furthest behind Pat is on any of those is the shot. And he shows flashes of it, but he just needs to get a little bit better with it. So when you're talking about Pat, um, one of the first things is his passing is like, truly truly very good um there was one against there was one that was like this this one's a good example i think of just kind of starting out like pat's not only like a capable passer he's like a very good passer right so we get a clip here where they're gonna come up and set a screen and roll with i miss this man I miss this yeah. man so much. <laughs> so just to be clear, this Minnesota team, this is summer league. Minnesota is one of the best good. summer league teams. They yeah. like blasted a bunch of teams. I think they lost in like the semifinals. Like they were yeah. a pretty good team. And this is Jalen McDaniels, who is a very good defender. Yes, on I remember this game because Jaden McDaniels was going off this yeah, game. Yeah, Jaden, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so here, I get him and the guy in Charlotte, Jalen McDaniels, confused all the time. That is probably because not, they're brothers so i'm not sure oh, okay well i'm just not sure which one is Jaden and which one's Jalen. so <laughs> yeah 
but you may have gotten it right. Okay, so the, you, I, I totally get you, Chris, and I, I assumed I was wrong because I get it wrong all the time too. <laughs> so they're gonna have Marcus Monovich come up and set a screen here, right? And Pat's gonna whip back and gonna bounce Ooh. pass between the two defenders. Like I, I needed to come across that it's not just that Pat is like capable of like making super he is making like very advanced reads he just doesn't get the ball a lot and he's not drawing a lot of defenders and there's not a lot of times where pat's running pick and roll for the bulls on the nba team but when he's given the chance to do these things he makes some truly great passes right and i think there's another one that's just like a sensational example here um how sexy pass <laughs> oh for sure there <laughs> Wait, was one that a little was like, he just put that english on it too just like ah the spin that was great. Is it this one? No, I mean this is another great one. Where's the hold up? That's what while you're looking while you're looking for that. League. Yeah. While you're looking for that, actually, uh Salim had a question um on Io real quick, which was mm-hmm. does does Io make Lonzo Ball a potential trade ship in in the next year or two? But I I don't know, you guys I would say no. <laughs> I would say no, because I think Lonzo his processing speed is so high mm-hmm. um, on his passes and especially in transition. And I don't know, like, and he's 20, 24, I think, right? He's 24. He's, he's yeah, young, 23, like 24. That. I think 24 is right. I uh, would like to keep him. <laughs> I would say if there were a player that mm-hmm. Io would make tradable, I do think there's a player that long term Io makes tradable. I don't think it's Lonzo. I think it's Alex Caruso mm-hmm. as kind of that top point of attack defender good like smart cutter passer right i think i yeah. can fit into that role really well and i think when you look at what lonzo's doing it's you know the relocation along the three-point line yes the three-point shooting the connective passing which is somewhat different right where you know kind of when you're talking about this dribble pass shoot mold another way you can go is connectors which yep. you don't really have the dribbling which lonzo's lonzo's handle isn't the best right but He's such a high-level passer that he doesn't need these open – he makes openings with his passing. And it's not something that's consistent enough that, like, oh, our entire offense can just – Lonzo's just going to make an open shot every single possession with his passing. But at times, he sees things, and he's able to create a couple possessions a game where he just makes an opening out of nothing, right? So I think when you look at Lonzo, he's more of a a connective passer, whereas Io's more of this kind of of point-of-attack defender, dribble-pass, shoot-wing type thing. It's totally interesting. I never, I never thought that Io's uh, like high end comp would be Alex Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the, it's on the defensive kidding. end in a sense, yeah. right? And that's <laughs> that's kind of the the spot where. So and, that's my thoughts on that. And honestly, offensively, uh, I mean, this is no disrespect to Caruso at all, but like, I mean, I don't think he does anything outlierish on the offensive side that that no. that Io couldn't get to. So For that's sure. another thing too. Except, except his 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 dunking is elite. I mean, he's always <laughs> always amazing. That is true. His cutting's better. Mm-hmm. He's I think he's probably better at those behind the back passes. He really likes those. Alex Cruz has done oh. a pretty good job as a zone breaker. Yeah, like when they're when they're playing mm-hmm. zone, they put him in the middle, and he. I don't know. I don't think Io has a lot of experience in that. So AC is probably a lot better. I don't think Io is far off of being a more impactful offensive player than Alex Caruso, though. No, that's true. I mean, yeah, just, I mean, just, no slight. He's, he's just been really good. Um, yeah, so this this is the one pass that I think a lot of people got very uh, hot and bothered about, uh, Pat. So I think this, oh, what was that? Jalen Adams makes this cut oh and pass God. here, right? Goes out to Pat. So the important thing to notice here, right, is 
the defender who is kind of in the paint on uh, Simi Shidu, that is number 77. Um, the, the defender here is kind of engaged with Simi, right? Uh, the defender in the other defender, uh, the Spurs defender in the corner on the NBA 75 logo is engaged on IO, right? And the other Spurs defender that was originally on uh, Jalen Adams, right? Uh, he's kind of just hunkered over here. I'm not really sure. I think he's maybe <laughs> holding his groin. So he maybe, <laughs> had, uh, maybe had some issue here. But Pat waits for this window of this player, Jalen Adams. He's out of bounds, so he's not an eligible player. Waits for him to get back in bounds and immediately fires a one-handed bullet pass. Fortunately, it didn't get unfortunately it didn't get capitalized on. But I mean, this is like an insane read to wait exactly for him to reestablish and then fire a perfect pass in there. That one, uh, I mean, the the Marco Simonovic one is good, but this one just like the, the velocity and the understanding of waiting for him to get right back yeah. in. Yeah, I feel really bad for thirty. I just that was the first time I ever noticed. I think that guy got hit in the dick. That that is exactly <laughs> what was frustrating to me about uh, summer league is they thought they saw the stat line, you know, in um, you know, oh my god, Pat is regressing. You know, he's having, you know, he's not da 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 da. And it's like guys, like when you watch these games, like of course you want you want him to make every shot he takes, of course, but like let's let's watch watch these type of things like what type of passes is he making is he reading the defense when he's coming like in, in ball screen actions like as a ball handler what reads is he making as a screener is he making the right reads like in, in terms of like if he's gonna pop or you know whatever but like that's the stuff you want to watch when when you're in summer league and the biggest the stuff that i got hot and bothered over with with pat is his mid post touches in, in in summer league like that is like something i think that could be a part of his game once he once like the offense is a little bit he could be a little bit more effective i mean uh well the hierarchy he he moves up a bit i think i think his mid post touches were like really good no. this shovel pass you're about to show i remember yeah. this pass yeah this is a Ugh. great one word and this is this is part of like this pass is another like it's kind of subtle but it's a good example of what kind of that dribble pass shoot gives you right because when pat gets the ball here this passing window isn't available, right? Because if he tries to make this pass, even though kind of the read to Thad Young is there, if he tries to make this pass, it's just going to go right into Rudy Gate. He doesn't have an angle for it, right? So he's able to take this one-step dribble okay. relocation. He engages DeJounte Murray because he's driving. He gets around Rudy Gay, and it gets him the angle to be able to throw in this pass, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is the thing when you think about kind of guys that are going to be able to shoot threes, because I mean, Pat's going to, he's going to develop into it and he's going to figure mm -hmm. it out. He just needs to more reps for it. Right. Yep. When you think of guys that are that athletic and have that size and are able to kind of shoot and, you know, handle the ball a bit and can pass at that level. This is kind of my thing with Pat. There are no players in the NBA that can shoot well, dribble well, pass well, are forward sized and are good athletes and aren't all-stars. <laughs> They're just all all-stars. And I'm not saying Pat's going to hit that level, but like the pathway to a sub all-star level as a six, seven and a half, seven foot wingspan, super athlete it's with there. dribble pass shoot abilities. It's just really easy to become a sub all-star level player with that skill set, Right. I also like, like, even if you go back and you look the, the play he got injured on, Mm-hmm attacking a closeout and, and being able to be explosive enough to probably would have put it on Mitch's head if he didn't do that dumb foul. So it's like putting him with that, the group that he would have been with, like people are like, you know, um, he shouldn't be starting over Javante. And it's like, 
But like, who says all, that? Come a lot, on, a lot, a lot of people said that. A lot of people Over said Javante? that. You know, people were saying that. People were definitely <sighs> saying that. Um, but like, go offensively, being with those guys, being you know, being able to play off Demar Vooch, he's already he's a good cutter. Like you could he could play above the rim, he can shoot the three. He does everything well as an advantage creator. Like him being, oh man, you gonna make me sad. I'm already <sighs> sad. I'm sad currently. This no, for sure. And I think I, I think this, this. Yeah, same. I think this Sorry. sequence is just like this one was like the this was the Patrick Williams uh, summer league moment. Like I talked about some ones that got people. This was like the thing right so this game the bulls are down by like 20 points in the first half of this game in summer league but i mean io pat and i think simi shidu played really good defense and forced mm-hmm. a bunch of turnovers got out and transition a bunch yep. and I, oh and troy baxter and um that's right yeah <laughs> the summer league squad um and they were able to come back and get a lead in this game a minute and a half left bulls up to Patrick Williams is the star player on the summer league team. He gets his man back to the basket, turn around, face up, jumper, makes it, right? We'll look at that one more time to put it 86-84, right? Just gets this, puts his foot out to try and engage his defender, creates some space, gives him too much space, knocks down the jumper, 88-84, right? Comes right back down. Spurs got a three, right? Gets the ball in the corner. Gets past his man, goes baseline, hits his touch. little push shot, right? Gets oh. his touch. And this number 55, Daquan Jeffries, this guy is a very good defender. This guy's defensive kind of abilities and frame, it's really similar to Lou Dort. He's just not there offensively. So, I mean, this guy, like, he's maybe not necessarily a super great NBA player. He's a pretty good defender that they had him on, on him all game. Um, so, I mean, he's able to get baseline. He gets his little push shot off. 90-87. And then... I mean, it's good defense. That was just oh, a great sure. shot. That was just a great shot by Pat. And then, like you were talking about with the cutting, right? 90-87. Bulls need a bucket to put this one away, right? Von Dotson. And mm. he slams it home to send the game home. I mean, this – I was el- el- elated mm-hmm. this game. <laughs> I mean, just the – to be able to make this cut, no, you know, Devon engages the defender, makes the cut, gets the dunk, game's gone. And, and the, these are like perfect clips. Like these are the clips I was, well, the, the mid post clips uh, mm-hmm. are the ones I was talking about because to me as a, as a coach, like body language says everything, right? Like there, there are times where you, you see a player get a ball in a, a, a spot. They're not comfortable in. You could tell right away. They don't want to dribble it. They take one dribble. They give it, they give it, they move it, you know, Pat, like just his body language when he was in that mid post area, like, I mean, you could just see he's confident. He knows where he knows what he wants to get out of that, that, that touch. In his look at look at his body, like how on his jump shot, how calm his body is, and, and the follow through. It's just he's just super confident in that area, and I hope down the line we'll add this the, these type of things for him. Um, it, you know, and, I mean that that just looks so confident. You know, the jump shot. You know, guys start playing him for the jump shot. He has enough ability to rip baseline, touch, an ability to go finish with two on top. It's just why did I think I wanted Harrison Barnes? um and then this one this one's i know i know i've said this a lot about the pat summer league clips we have some not summer league clips don't worry uh working in here this is like when you talk about being able to shoot and we mentioned this when we were talking about io where he doesn't necessarily have that body control um 
this clip was like one of my favorite, just like from even an aesthetic perspective, right? He's going to dump the ball off. He's going to come around here on this cut in motion, yeah, mid range. Perfect. Right. And when you talk about guys that like, you know, can maybe shoot where it's like, Oh, well, Pat's not really there as a shooter guys who can maybe shoot are not hitting jumpers off movement. That's just like, that's like a whole nother ball game and his ability to kind of stabilize his body in the air his body control is phenomenal and he's, his mechanics are super clean, just like a little slow on the threes. But I mean, when, like when he's in that mid range jumper, the mechanics super flawless in movement, body control, doesn't care. Perfect. Right. And again, this new Orleans, I I know it's summer league. This new Orleans team won the summer league championship. Oh wait, no, I think they didn't make the game. I think it was Boston, Sacramento. New Orleans was also undefeated, but didn't make the finals game. They didn't lose a game, whatever. But, but I mean, your your point stands though because Najee Marshall, good defender. Trey Murphy, Trey Murphy, good defender. Herb Jones, all of the not no, on Herb, not on Herb. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's like this is Kyra, Kyra. Like he's a very good ball player. This is a good team. Yeah, it's a great team. So yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. And then, I sorry yeah. before you go on to the next point. Sorry. The, the, the thing that always gets brought up about about Pat and his development, well, actually, it's, it's two things. is number one, he, that he, he's not going to get enough reps on this team as an on-ball, on-ball you know, for on-ball creation. And number two is, and, I know, and this is like people have different names for it, but like that lack of a certain mentality to to like go out and score or, or, or be a star or whatever. I don't have a lot of concerns about either one. I, the the on-ball reps, maybe in the immediate, uh, concern me a little bit more. Um, but long-term, I, I feel like it'll be fine. But the mentality one is is the one where, I don't know, a lot of people have have issues with it. I just wanted to get your take, Chip, on what do you think that's an issue or, you know, in, in your review or in, in your studies of, of other players, mm-hmm. if that's something that you think is is something to be worried about. I mean, for sure, it's definitely, I can see where people are coming from. And I mean, you look at, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier with like the IO versus Pat thing, different ends of the spectrum. I mean, it would be phenomenal if he just like, you were like, just go make basketball plays. And he was like, all right, and just ran with it. Like that's ideal, but that's not the only pathway to success, you know? And I think the two things with the aggression are like one, right. Coming up through high school and AAU, he was that guy. And so he's getting a bunch of reps on ball running the offense right when he came to florida state he wasn't necessarily always that guy but i mean even at florida state he got on ball reps and when he was off ball he was super passive that's why he didn't score a lot of points he was like a six i mean not why he was a six man but he didn't score a ton of points you know he wasn't really putting it in because playing off ball is not what he's used to that's not where his best skill sets lie right so a he was kind of just thrown out there and it was like hey just make good basketball plays. And he's in a super flawed roster year one where it's just not a very good team. It's not a very good offense. Plus it's like, Oh, just go make plays, just go do things, you know? And um, plus also, you know, he's better on ball than off ball. So I think it's just kind of this perfect storm of he's just been thrown in a situation where it's just not at all what he wants to be doing. And I think it's great that you made that point, Chris, because I was actually about to come to some reps that he got this season in season doing mm-hmm. things that we want to see him doing. So, I mean, if you guys have, if you have any comments on the, the Pat mentality thing, we can hit that first. If not, we can roll up some of these clips that I'm sure Laro's very familiar with. <laughs> I was going to say, Laro, Laro, thing. Laro gets, lights his candle, 
gets his glass of wine <laughs> on these clips at night. That's what he oh. does. Oh, because <laughs> this is this is the one thing that I think Laro and I can agree that is like if there's one thing you could do for Patrick Williams developmental reps, if there's one situation you could put him in, the perfect one is just operating out of the short roll. Just the yes. absolute best thing you can do for him. And the Bulls started getting him these short roll reps. Um, so this was this was actually his, I believe this one was his first short roll uh, playmaking rep. So short roll, right? Um, he's going to come up and set the screen for DeMar here, right? Pick and roll, right? This and is what Thad of, and Wendell did last year. Yeah, instead of rolling oh, all the on. way to the basket, he's going to stop his roll short, right? And now this Detroit Pistons defense is kind of scrambling. And Pat is able to make a decision. So what you want is a short roll playmaker, right? Is you want a some form of passing ability, which Pat has. You want someone who's going to make good decisions, which Pat's very clever. He's capable of making good decisions when he's in positions he's comfortable in. And thirdly, you want someone who has some mid-range scoring ability. So there's some uh -huh. scoring threat. When they get the ball in this short roll area, they're a threat to score because it's going to pull defenders, right? So Pat gets the ball in the short roll. Gets Kelly Olynyk out of the way, gets to his spot in the mid range, pull up jumper, super comfortable, right over Kelly Olynyk's big ass, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this is just like the first rep he got of it all season. He just gets put in, gets to his spot, pulls up jumper, easy. And what I love about it too is like just thinking about the versatility of the starting five, right? You could play, you could, you could play Vooch on the corner or the wing and be just play as a spacer and have him be short roll, or you can have him do ops. It's just like. <sighs> no, for sure. And I mean, this Detroit game, he got a bunch of short roll reps in this one, right? So here we have this one, similar situation. Actually, this one might've been the first one. Both of these were good results. I think that might've been his second one, actually. No, was that 11 minutes in the game? Now I need to know. Hold up. Was this <laughs> one the first one? Oh, this one's nine minutes. Okay, this is sorry, sorry, sorry. This might have been the second one. This this was the first one. Okay, uh, again. So one of the big things with short roll is you need ball handlers who are like going to demand pressure. So one yep. of the best things short rolls against is blitzes, right? So Demar, Zach, great ball yes. handlers. Teams are going to blitz them off screens, and it's going to leave Pat wide open. So Pat's going to slip, get into the short roll, makes mm. the easy read, gets a completely wide open shot. Super super simple. But I mean, Pat's able to just get the ball quickly, identifies, makes the decision, makes the read, perfect. Lonzo is such a connector, man. Yeah. He just didn't ever think it was just boop, like, yep. like it's just beautiful. Um, oh, and the I, team I, fits I, so well together. Yes, yeah. uh, I remember in in, um, <laughs> in the preseason um, when when Billy put put uh, Pat at the small ball five, he like gave him a few minutes. He's like. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna put that in my back pocket. I like what I saw, but we're we're gonna we're gonna keep this as a little secret until, you know, like I just Billy just, he, ah, I, I like Billy, man. I really do. He's a good coach. He's just a good coach, for sure. No, I mean, I mean, it's good. And then another one. I have like seven of these short roll clips from the Detroit game, mm -hmm. but I also included one more just so we know it's not a one off. Again, they blitz ball handler, mm. perfect read out of the corner. Detroit scrambling, mm -hmm. closing out, closing out. Draws defender, closing out, closing out, this. right? It ends up in a DeMar DeRozan three, which is not necessarily an optimal outcome, but kind of the idea of just what this is able to do, right? He draws in the defender because he has the shooting threat, right? They're afraid Four. he's going to score. 
This leaves Lonzo wide open in the corner and Pat's super easily able to make this decision. Lonzo attacks the closeout. AC swings the ball around. Javante attacks off the dribble, finds Lonzo, and they just shuffle the ball around perfectly, right? And I think the one thing you could say on this play is maybe after while the other thing's shuffling, Pat just kind of stands there and looks at what he's created. But other than that, I mean, this is this is pretty good stuff, man. Like, I, yeah. I think I think if 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 I was coaching mm-hmm. in that situation, I would probably tell Javante drop that thing off the pat and let him go dunk on uh, Trey Lyle or Kelly Olynyk's head, like, oh, right here. Boom, drop right here. it. Boom. Yeah. And yeah. Go get you know. I mean, he could even do that like one handed push shot he loves. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and that's about it. But no, I agree. He, my only, yeah, space out to the three or something, brother. You know, <laughs> yeah, you just gotta stand. My only complaint. Yeah, you go. My only complaint actually is is Pat's pass is a little bit low and to the right for yeah. Lonzo. I think if he had hit him right in the shooting pocket, he would have taken that corner for sure. Yeah, and I mean, again, I you're 100 right. Also, something that with more reps is going to come up. Yeah. And I actually have another clip that I know you're going to make the same comment on because it's the exact same thing. And it's a very good point. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's the that's the short. We need to stuff. have Chip on more often. He makes me feel smarter than I am. This I mean, guy. you are smart. <laughs> and I, I, I do want to pull this one. Just I wasn't even going to maybe show this one. But because Lara talked about Lonzo making the quick kind of connective decisions where you get the ball and you're able to just instantly shuffle it and make the right decision. Uh Look at how long Pat touches the ball here. <laughs> Woo! Just perfect into Wendell, exactly what you need, right? Mm. Easy as you like. Just instantly is able to make that decision. He knows exactly where the ball needs to go. He's got the execution to make the pass. Just makes the read just perfect, right? Yeah. All right. When can we extend Patrick Williams to contract? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're capable of doing so right now. Um <laughs> And then, so the other things really quickly that I wanted to talk about a couple, just a little bit more, because we've talked about the passing, we've talked about kind of the the decision-making, and we've talked about the shooting a bit, right? Um, so the few things that we'll talk about is the dribbling. So let's talk about the clip that I said Chris was going to comment on. Um, so here, one thing that I, I remember this game super strongly in my head, because everyone was like, fourth overall pick, power forward, Florida State, Fourth overall pick, power forward, Florida State, Scotty Barnes and Patrick Williams. Everyone was so upset about they had Scotty and Scotty scores more points. And I mean, it's totally fair if you think Scotty's better. Scotty was number four pick in a way stronger draft class than Pat. Like, I get it. You're probably right. But Pat's still really good, right? And one thing that I didn't see talked about, because everyone's talking about how much Scotty is better. Uh, resets here. They give Pat an ISO on Scotty. And, you know, Scotty got oh, reps no. to get ISOs on Pat. Scotty got ISO defense on Pat and Pat just drove straight past him, drew in a help defender and made the read to the corner. Right. So it's like, he can do these things. He just doesn't get a lot of opportunity to do it. Right. Right. He's able to, he goes for a stutter rip here. Shout out to PD Webb. Mm-hmm. And blows right past him, draws the help defender, throws a pass. Chris, was that a good pass or was it maybe a little low? <laughs> in the Lonzo in the corner. As a, um, Oh, is that Zach in the corner? Or is that Lonzo? it's gonna Lonzo? Oh, no, switch. Yeah. Uh, oh, it can be Lonzo. Sorry, same situation. Lonzo in the corner throws the pass perfectly into the shooting pocket. <laughs> Money perfectly into his sneakers. <laughs> the the but you, you know as 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 an evalu- evaluator, you're just looking to see that he is making that pass and, and the yeah. processing. Yeah, and and then you know you can you can work on it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is it, as you mentioned, Chip, like you, you mentioned the, the dribbling, the passing, and the shooting. And 
he's got the processing speed. Like he's making the right reads. He's making advanced reads. Yeah. Uh, for for who he is and his position. So it's a lot easier to just get better at at the mechanics of passing it. The hard thing is the thing you can't teach is 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 the processing speed. I mean, you can get better at it over time, but some people just have <clears throat> incredible processing speed. Okay, Absolutely. not miss this one. They've just got a high feel for the game. Yeah. So I mean, here he's just from a standstill, hesitation so on big. how to murder, has he right? It just blows right past him, dunks uh, around on Capella's head. The, um, another read, another good read. I mean, he's watching Capella. You know, yep. Capella gets a little out of position right away, and he just attacks it. He rejects Same it. Same thing. Daniel Gallinari, deceleration, hmm. sends Gallo flying, able to just perfectly slow down, draws a foul, and one. He's got great body control and deceleration here. He can stop at a dime just instantly. <sighs> great body control, lays it in, right? So, I mean, these are the things Patrick Williams is able to do. As a, He's a 19-year-old in most of these clips. Still 20. Yep. Still going to be 20 until next preseason. How, how many months is he younger than Scotty again, Scotty Barnes? Uh, he is like two weeks younger than Scotty. Two weeks? Despite being a draft class before him, yeah, he's two weeks younger than Scotty. I hope he's coming back in like March. If we can get him in March, man, I'll be really excited. Right. And then <sighs> two last two clips on Pat. One is like we talked about with AO with or I, sorry, IO. I keep doing that wrong. I don't know why. Uh, with IO. Hey, um, yo. Was... <laughs> <laughs> I do those videos. That's why. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, he gets he gets the close out here. He attacks it. And right here, when he gets the ball, right, as a shooter, he can take this shot. Mm -hmm. But this is a lightly contest, like a pretty like medium maybe contest three from Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt, rangy athlete, long mm -hmm. arms. This is going to get pretty contested. So instead, relocates himself into the open space, Bang. wide open mid-range jumper, Loves gets himself that. a better shot. Well, also, I, I feel like something he's got a little bit better at this year, but you really noticed last year was the release and his shot was really kind of slow. He kind of yeah. has like a slow windup. It's gotten a little bit quicker, a little bit more fluid, at For least sure. in, in preseason and, and, and the first five games of the season around when he played. But that's something I think he'll get, he'll get better and better at is if he can get that shot off quicker, it just gives him more options and they have to close it harder. Absolutely. And then the last thing I will put, which is, uh, I know, Oh, actually I have a couple more. Sorry. Cause I have a couple. <laughs> of as many as you need. You've got time. Okay. Um, <laughs> this one. So when the bulls oh, had Pat, yeah. one thing I've harped on a lot, is um, having two screeners, right? Because the Bulls have all this passing, so you want to have a kind of motion-based offense, right? Similar to what like Golden State does, yeah. and even like to an extent Phoenix with all this passing and cutting and off-ball movement, right? You've got all these super smart, yeah. high-field passers around, right? Um, when you're trying to get advantages for all those passers, screens are like the easiest way to create these advantages. And when we had Pat, we had two screeners. So we loved running it, flowing into our sets like this, right? Where... Basically, Pat's going to come across, Vooch is going to set a brush screen to try and create some separation or maybe move the center into the action instead of the forward that's on Pat. And then he's going to come set a screen for Lonzo, right? So Toronto has scouted this and they know that the Bulls do this because the Bulls were doing this every game, like every possession started like this at the beginning of the season, like clockwork, right? Yep. So Sfima Kailik knows exactly what's going to happen. Vooch is going to come up and set a brush screen. Then Pat's going to go across that screen. He's going to screen for Lonzo. You guys ready? He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna come up on this brush screen. He's gonna go set a screen for Lonzo. Sfi's ready for it, right? And you just whip in a little instead of it, he fakes into the brush screen and just cuts the basket. And Lonzo Reed. puts a perfect pass, right? Yep. 
and just kind of the ways that you can kind of wrinkle things into the playbook like this just makes the offense so dynamic. Because Sfi, you can see he's positioning to go around that screen. He knows Pat it doesn't have the ball. Pat can't shoot. He's going to go around the screen so Precious isn't involved in the action instead of him, right? And because he's prepping that, he's out of position and Pat just cuts and it's an easy basket just like that. Yep. I love this. I love this. It reminds me, that we, we, we did some clips earlier in the year where the Bulls would run a Chicago action, mm-hmm. but when Levine would come off that screen, he would immediately dive to the basket instead mm-hmm. of coming out and just to like throw yeah. up, like start an action. Hey, they get him used to that action. They're like, okay, now we know how to defend this. And then yeah. they just throw a wrinkle in it and absolutely blow up. It's awesome. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's cool. brilliant to watch. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm in love with this clip. <laughs> Such a guy. I love that one. All um, right, where's where's your candles, man? Come on. <laughs> so I have, set I have, the a, mood. I have a, a couple a couple defensive ones, really quick. Oh, um, here we go. So this one. Um, so when you look at the Bulls' defensive system, right? Um, Vooch is going to be like showing and recovering on these pick and rolls that a lot of teams are going to run against us, right? And because of that, a lot of times the roller will get open to the basket. So it's yep. on kind of yep. a weak side rim protector to yep. pre-rotate and grab that roller. And Pat was kind of able to show signs of being able to come in from, I mean, this one's not necessarily in the same setup, but coming in from the weak side and getting these blocks. And he started getting more comfortable with making these rotations and seeing this stuff happening. And even when he doesn't, cause like this one, he doesn't even react super quickly to this, but he's just so quick and so long and bursty that he's able to just get up and deny Ken Birch at the rim here. Right. Um, and I have a couple more that are even more just like kind of in that vein. This one's a really good one on sadly in the game against the New York Knicks. Um, <sighs> Obi Toppin's going to make the backside cut for a lob and Pat's just super easily, easily able to meet this guy at the rim. Knows exactly what's happening. Able to interrupt the lob, right? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, even that clip, you know, like you just see the 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 growth um, from year one to year two because I, I feel like last year um, he, he was hugging, right exactly either either that or he's hugging his man too much in the corner and 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 just that clip right there just shows growth. So yeah, I, I mean, you can even see the little like if we if we slow it down really quickly and you just look just look at Pat's head because he's not looking at Obi at all here, mm-hmm. right? You can look right. Here he does a little head flick, and yep. that's where he sees. That's why he knows that Obi's making this cut, right? And he's able to defend. Last year's Pat would not have made that head flick, and he would have got back cut, and Obi would have scored a lob right there. Also, too, like I'm pretty sure you noticed it. Just that that being able to see that, but also be able to almost like jump backwards and, and set his oh, feet yeah. and jump in the air. Like that's hard to do, bro. Like oh yeah, jump I mean, backwards and then like try to explain. Like that's that's athleticism right there. Well, yeah, and Obi, and, uh, Obi's no slouch there. He yeah, that, that Obi guy's pretty, pretty athletic too. And then this one's just like yeah. this one is the quintessential example of our defensive system at work, right? Yeah, Vooch is going to step up for this, and Pat's going to pre-rotate. And he's going to pin Precious' shot to the rim, plus a bonus Lonzo block at the end of that one. I mean, uh, so what's happening here? Just to like break this one down really quickly, we'll slow it down a little bit. Um, so what the Bulls are going to do here is Lonzo's going to get screened. So Vooch is going to show. So he's going to step up to Fred Van Vliet. Yep. And what he's trying to do is he's buying enough time for Lonzo to get back in front of Fred. And then Vooch will go recover to his man, right? So Lonzo gets screened. Vooch is going to kind of engage Fred Van Vliet. He's dropping here, but it's because Fred doesn't like pulling up off those a ton. It's a little weird. But he, he steps back. 
Lonzo is coming to recover, so he's bought a little bit of time for Lonzo, but that means Precious, the roller, is going to get open. So you need someone to tag the roller, right? So yep. Pat is going to come over here. He's maybe even a little late on it, but again, his athleticism bails him out, and he pins the shot to the rim. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a little bit late because you'll see DeMar did this in an early game. He was mm-hmm. he was the low man, and he came over, and, and what you want to do is basically meet them right as they're catching the ball so they don't have time to make a decision. Yep, they don't absolutely. have the easy dunk, and you're in their face, so they don't they they can't make they don't have the room and the time to make the pass to the corner right because because yep. obviously if the weak side guy comes over yep. to meet him at the rim that weak side corner is now open yep the timing is essential but Pat is so athletic here that he's late and he just still pins it to the to the rim any, or to the backboard anyway yeah uh, it's it in that in that in that situation that particular situation too it's it's t- that was a tough situation for him because. If that's a non-shooter in the corner, you could just go right away. But that's OG, so it's almost like he's got to play two in a way where it's like, okay, if I go right away to Precious, yeah. that's an easy read for Fred to OG. Mm-hmm. So he played it actually probably the best you could play it because he he, he kind of gave the illusion like it was open. Yeah. And so Fred threw it. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> that was a good play. That was a really oh, good play. I mean, even in the same vein that you're talking about, right, where we talk about Fred being a good passer – Precious Achua might not be the best finisher, but he's a pretty good passer for his size. Mm-hmm. So if this pass to Precious is a lob, Precious doesn't have a chance to catch it and pass, right? Yeah. But if it's like a bounce pass or you know a drop pass, Precious can make right that away. read to the corner. Yep. Yeah. Super easy. Like he does not want to finish. He's not a great finisher. He wants to make the read to the corner. But if this is a lob, he has no choice to do that. Pat can just go up and block him. Super easy. And yeah. then Precious, the finishing goat. Uh, because. Also, too, OG. Also, OG probably should have got shaked up to the wing right away. Yeah, yeah. he probably waited yeah. a little bit too long mm-hmm. to shake, which left Pat in that corner longer than Fred probably wanted. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then the last oh. clip I have, just because OG Ananobi is one of the cooler offensive players in the NBA, and he's really he's strong, and he's really hard to get on drives, and Pat just completely ruined mm. his handle. And he's gotten better with that self-creation. I talked a, I talked a bit about that this uh, before the season about OG is like you saw some flashes of it in the preseason um, about with his self self-creation flashes. And I think this year he's taken a step. So sure. that's a really good play. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's that's my that's my last little one there on Patrick Williams. Ah, oh, refresher, man. Yeah. I can't wait till he gets back. Oh, can't same. wait. I'm so excited. I, you know, it's, it's and I know sometimes, like especially us, like guys that that watch the game and and are students of the game, and and we don't l- look just for the result; we look at the process as well. Like it's very easy to uh, just say, you know, what Pat is struggling, his on-off is horrible, his plus-minus is horrible, you know. So like, we need to get rid of him. But at the same time, it's like. Can we can, got to look at the player, you know, look at what he's doing on the floor. Like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, I kind of always said it's like the points are one of the most, one of the least, I know it's important to winning the game, but as far as looking at a player's development, it's one of the least important things. It's it's way more about how they're getting their shots, first of all. But what other things are they doing on the floor? You know, the passing, the defense, the reads, the, the you know, I don't know. It's just people just want to box score watch all the time and then use that as, their development and it's just not it's just not the way it works because i don't know i i'm trying to think of a good example of, of a player who didn't increase their like statistical profile 
uh, like box score, but really improved, you know, across the board. But um, I don't know. Grant Williams. Grant Williams has been really good this year. Yeah, he has. He has. The brother's been knocking down the three. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't see that, Grant, but hey, brother, more power to you. No, I mean, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a great point. And if, if we're, if we're over, if we're over com- or being sad about Pat reminiscing, thinking, no, we're not reminiscing. We're looking forward. We're projecting the future yeah. of Pat. Mm-hmm. We're not. Um, but I mean, it also he, made me really happy though. It made me really happy to, yeah. to, to see that. That's no, great. I mean, he, he showed a lot of growth in those games. Like he started getting those short roll reps. He got that ISO rep on Scotty. He started making those pre-rotations in time, uh, in the, in the last game that he played before he unfortunately went down, he had a stretch where I think he had six points and two assists in like two mm-hmm. minutes where yeah. he just like literally was the catalyst on offense for like five out of seven possessions in a row. And that Obi lob, I think was the same streak as that. So, I mean, he was starting to turn those, you know, when a player's kind of coming around, especially someone who's maybe a bit like raw, I, I don't think Pat's necessarily super raw as like his skill set's just weird and doesn't necessarily synergize super well yet. Yeah. But it's um like, First, you see like the clips where it's like, oh, they showed a play, you know, they flashed. And then those flashes turn into stretches where they're just, you know, for two minutes, they just like everything went right for them. And then those stretches turn into games, you know? Yeah. And Pat was at that point where he was turning the flashes that you saw in his first year to stretches this year. He was just starting to get there. And then it happened. But on a brighter note, let's talk about someone who's made a development that I eat my heart out because I know <laughs> I've been in group I've been in group chats with you guys and coming to the season I said some dangerous things about Kobe White. I, was <laughs> very, I remember I joined that group chat and I was like dude Kobe's like the tenth best player on the team. You guys were like what? I was like I was like dude Kobe and Larry are like tenth and twelfth. I um one of them I might not have been wrong. Um Kobe I mean he has made a lot of improvements right and the biggest thing for me that I just never in a million years would have seen coming is Kobe defensively, Mm. especially in transition. And as Chris mentioned earlier, again, as an off ball defender, like you got to see in year one and you even mentioned the um, kind of those pre rotations, right? He did a really good job of, I think this is a good one for it, right? Where Dallas is going to run this pick and roll. And he's going to come in early and he's going to get there in time. He's forcing, you know, Kobe as a defender, he's always going to be limited by the fact that he's kind of short. He's not super vertically explosive. He's like 6'4 with a 6'4 wingspan and he's not got a ton of vertical pop, right? But the thing is, he's quick and he's smart and yep. he leans on those. And he's this season, he's leveraging those so well. Um, so, I mean, things Kevin, like Kevin's, you, Kevin's trying to help you out here. <laughs> so, maybe it just got better, right? Uh, that's, that's, yeah, you, yeah, that's true. That's fair. It was, it was crazy <laughs> this season because it was like at the start of the year, like coming into the year, I wouldn't like, I didn't say anything about Kobe on like public Twitter, like out there because I was like, dude, people are going to get mad yeah, a lot of if Kobe, I say what a I think. Lot about Kobe Kobe. Lovers. A lot of and Kobe lovers. And it was like, I think there was one where someone was like, Oh, before Kobe's kind of explosion, they're like, "Oh, we should see what we get in a trade for him." And I was like, "I don't think other teams are going to value Kobe in a trade." And they're like, "Really? Why do you think that?" And I was like, uh, "It's just a hunch I have." And I'm going to be honest; it was because I was like, "Kobe fucking sucks, dude. No one's going to want him. He's bad." And, and honestly, like, and then you know, the game started happening. And Larry, you and I were talking about it a lot in like the group chats, and we we're like, 
I mean, like the shots weren't falling and like the finishes weren't there, but we're like, the process looks good, man. Like he's mm-hmm. getting to the rim and getting like, he's doing some good things. And people are like, Kobe fucking sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be honest before the season. Like, yeah, let's fucking run with it. But I was like, whoa, 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 he's actually starting to get a lot better. Like he's actually doing some things. Let's slow down on the, he's horrible things. And all of a sudden the shots started falling and it's just been sensational. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I will say I I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm like, he has not played basketball in six months. And now he's, for the third time in three years, he's taking on a new role <laughs> with a, a team that has like almost no one on it that was on it last year. So it, but when he did, it was like the first two games, he didn't score at all. Uh, I was like, oh, I thought it'd be a, like a little bit better. <laughs> <than this. laughs> like, be, I, knew it, I thought it'd be inconsistent, but I thought he'd you know, just have like a rough shooting night. But he looked he looked terrible all over the place. And then all of a sudden, like he just he just come on and and the shots started falling and the and the process and the defense. The defense I did notice early on. And Laird yeah. and I talked about it a couple of times. But you know, with his physical profile, it, he's always gonna be a little bit yeah, you know, at a disadvantage there. But he tries, he's smart, as you said. Mm-hmm. He worked really and hard. The, the the one thing I will say, just because I've been thinking back on it now, and I remember my thing with Kobe. My thing with Kobe, my issue with Kobe coming into the year. And like for the past two years was like, what is like the one profile Kobe? He's always got this sharp shooter tag attached to him. He's just a knockdown shooter. League average is 36%. In college, 35%. First year in the NBA, 34%. Second year in the NBA, 35%. I was like, everyone just marks this guy as a sharp shooter. He's literally never shot average. He shot below mm. average every year. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's a sharp shooter. And I get it. Like he got hot for games, but he had yet to shoot above league average. And that was like his thing. It was like, yeah, he sucks on defense. Yeah, he's not really a point guard, but damn, can he shoot? And I was like, he's literally never shot league average. What do you mean? <laughs> I get the indicators were good, but like, it was like, right. oh yeah, he sucks at everything, but God damn, can he shoot? And I'm like, no, he can't. He has yet to shoot league average. So this sounds like another player on the Bulls that that we remember is Lowry Markkinen. Is his his career average was like 35, 36%. You're like, what's he, that's he supposed to be good at? You know, like, doesn't do oh, anything else man. well at all, and still, but, yeah. yeah. But luckily, we're here now. Maybe not some things that recently happened, but Kobe White <laughs> progressions have been great. So yeah. I mean, for me, one of the the biggest things. And I'm going to, I'm going to come out here and make my, this is my bold statement, right? Oh, I'm loving this. I'm this loving is my, it. this is my hot take on Kobe. I think that Kobe is possibly our second best transition defender. I think behind Alex Caruso, I think Lonzo has a case, but I genuinely think, I think it's hard to say like he just is now, but from what he's shown in the last month and a half, he has been electric as a transition defender he's just getting himself into place in time i mean he's pinning shot i mean skylar mays maybe isn't you know an nba superstar but you know he's getting back and he's tracking guys well and he's tracking the ball well and a lot of times that's what it is in transition is just reacting to where the ball is and just making decisions right and that's kind of where kobe's great because yeah he's not the biggest yeah he's not the strongest yeah his like technique defensively isn't super refined right but just making decisions and being smart. That's something yeah. he's really good at. Right. And so you get things like he pins this Skylar Mays uh, dunk to the backboard. Um, let's see here. This one again, coming back in transition against the Cavs. Right. 
They're going to get this one into Lamar Stevens. And he just stays vertical. And if you look at this one, it's kind of one of those blocks where you have to slow it down to really kind of get what's going on here. Yep. This is just tracking the ball, right? Lamar Stevens is going to Euro inside. Kobe jumps up and he just finds the ball yep. and just gets his hand to the ball. He's just putting himself in good position and he's tracking the ball well. Yep. And it's kind of, you know, it's like, hey, that's really simple, but that's all it is. And he's just doing great. I mean, like, it's genuinely like other teams are getting transition possessions against the Bulls. And I see Kobe back there and I'm like, hey, we got a chance at stopping this. <laughs> and that's just not something I thought I would see. And it's not even just blocks either, right? Here we have Jalen Brown coming down in transition. And Kobe just swipes the ball away. I mean, I guess that's kind of a block, but it's also a swipe down. I don't know. But I mean, even these plays that aren't necessarily event creation, because to be honest, to get these clips, I was just looking at uh, event creation possessions on Instat. So, but I mean, he's just getting himself in position and he's just finding the ball. Yeah. And it's just, it's just been incredible. Cause I mean, when you talk about Kobe before this year, I mean, everyone say sucks defensively. And I mean, in the half court, he still has his issues, but he's gotten better in that aspect too. But in transition, he has genuinely been electric as a defender. Yeah, man. Uh, I totally agree. And and I hate like saying these things, like saying things like this, because I don't want to come off as like a, uh, a know-it-all or or someone that is like talking down to people that don't watch for these things. But like, these are the things you have to watch for. You know, you have, you have to really pay attention to these things. And sometimes it's about watching games, watching a quarter over again, or watching the whole game over again and, and maybe picking up things that you didn't see the first time you went through. And like this stuff matters, you know, like stopping, stopping easy baskets on a break that matters. So um, this is a great, good clips, man. Really good clips. No, for sure. And then like Chris talked about with the kind of pre-rotating Kobe's done a really good job. I mean, this one, he's going to foul Robert Williams, but this is just an easy two point basket. Instead yeah. you're sending a 9% free throw shooter to the line. It's pretty nice. Yep. Yeah, the timing on it is so good. Mm-hmm. Again, like, and I think there's a couple clips in the Dallas game, which the Dallas game didn't go great. They cooked us with that drag early exit PNR thing that they just run every possession now. That's like the one thing Jason Chids found out is like cheat code and just goes to it every possession. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, he's just done a good job of just, he's just beating Luca to his spots. Luca's not super quick, and Kobe just gets to the spots before him. Yeah. And he's been able to take advantage of that. And I think there's another one here where, like, he's not even the primary guy in this action, right? He's he's covering the screener. But he comes in, and it's not even his job to track Luca here, right? Yeah. But he just takes – he's on Reggie Bullock. But he takes it upon himself to just beat Luca to his spot and yeah. just forces him into a really hard shot. And, I mean, that stuff – this stuff matters. And it's yeah. incredible. And, you know, it's kind of like Kobe's coming to this position where it's like you don't want him – on ball but like if you can have him off ball he's getting close to being a defensive positive as an off ball guy right yeah and again a lot of times it's it's kind of like you know when people think about defense you think of like kobe white and you're like oh how will he match i think there was so i can't remember who it was but there's someone on twitter <laughs> before the season where it was like i was like oh troy brown's kind of a forward but he's better at guarding guards and it's like yeah, but Kobe's going to be guarding guards and Troy's going to guard forwards. Why would you want to put Kobe on forwards? And it was like, if Kobe sucks at defending guards 
and he sucks at defending forwards, there's not really much of a difference, right? So you put people in positions to succeed defensively. You put them to where they're good at, right? Kobe's still probably, he's not like, he's gotten better navigating screens, but he's still not really great at it. Mm-hmm. And he's not super great at staying in front of guys and staying tight to guys on the perimeter, right? But when you can put him, he is essentially playing what Toby is playing defensively for us when he's doing his best is the same job Patrick Williams does for us. He is a weak side rim protector, essentially, right? He's starting in the corner on these possessions, right? I mean, he's not truly in the corner in this one, right? But he's kind of just floating around inside as a help defender. He's like a help interior defender. I literally was just going to bring this, this, uh, see if you have this clip. This, this was, I love this. I really did. Yeah. And I mean, on this one, Kobe's not like, he's not going to stop Jared Allen. It's just Jared Allen's incredibly big, incredibly strong, explosive athlete, great finisher. But the fact that, and he doesn't stop Jared Allen just blows right through him. Right. But Jared Allen has to take an extra second here to blow through Kobe. And that buys Vooch enough time to come over and block the shot. Yep. This Vooch block here. will slow this one down real quick. This Vooch block does not happen if Kobe does not meet Jared Allen at the rim and Jared Allen doesn't have to take an extra second to blow bo- or to fucking body Kobe into the stands, right? Just putting his body out there for the team, right? He comes out here, big ass Jared Allen just blows right through him, just pushes him back, but that takes an extra second and Vooch, who is over on Mobley, gets to recover and blocks the shot. Rim protecting Vooch, by the way. But no, but but also too, can you go back on that clip? Mm-hmm. Like. Can we talk about, I know this is about Kobe, but can we talk about the processing speed of Caruso here? Yes. Like, yeah, that's what <laughs> like, I noticed next to. Like, <laughs> so, like, just right away, let me get to Jared. Like, like yeah. it, it's, God, we're going to miss him, man. Yeah, he's he's very good. And he stunts on this Darius Garland PNR, right? He stunts on it and immediately recovers because he knows he's stunting and recovering instead of, because he doesn't want DG to go for a pull-up. Yep. Right away, like. Uh, well, and this is this is why our defensive scheme works is because if if your guys are pre rotating and making those reads, that's what gives Vooch the extra half second to get back in a position. Now he's now he's got two feet on the floor, ready to make you know a good a good rim protection attempt on Jared Allen. Whereas otherwise he'd be one foot or getting back in the play or missing. I mean those those this game of inches, and so in the game of, you know, half seconds, <laughs> tenths of seconds. And uh, that's the difference. I mean, that's having your defense on a string is sometimes just making, making that extra little, the little step or little half second happen. Absolutely. And I think kind of the one thing that like, even I've had trouble with this at times when like thinking about players and talking about stuff, like we have a tendency as fans to kind of look at basketball in a binary sense where it's either like, a player can shoot threes or he cannot, right? But there's so there's a, it's an entire spectrum and there's so much there, right? And oftentimes that gets missed because if you look at a play like this, right? Um, we'll slow this one down really quick. So this is what Damar and Kobe are prepping for. This is a side pick and roll. Mm-hmm. The Bulls ice side pick and rolls, right? Mm-hmm. So that would mean Damar is going to Demar's on the wrong side of the screener because this one's a little bit scuffed, right? But Demar is essentially going to deny the screen, so he can't. So this ball handler can't go back to the middle and use the screen or go across the screen, right? And Kobe, because Demar is denying the screen, Demar is not denying the drive. So it's on Kobe essentially as our center in this ice coverage to stop the drive, right? And 
Kobe A tags the roller. B <laughs> here's an ice coverage, sending mm. him to the baseline, Beautiful. absorbs the driver. And yeah, Kobe's not super long. He's not able to block that shot. He's not able to wall off, but he makes this a harder look, even if he's not the best defender in this. This is way harder than if he didn't do these things. Uh, shout out Kobe, man. For sure. Shout out Kobe. And I mean, there's even plays like um. I think I have it here. Yeah, here, Kyle Kuzma took advantage of him a couple times in the Wizards game, yeah. where it's like, Kobe, why is this clip so bad quality? I don't know why this one's so pixely. Whatever. Kobe makes the pre-rotation here for Kuzma, but Kuz just finishes right over him. Yeah. Because it's he's just too small. Yeah. And that's going to happen, because yeah. Kobe White cannot be your primary rim protector, because he's not, like, not going to be a defensive player of the year center. That's just not going to happen, right? And sometimes this is going to happen. A lot of the time it's going to happen. But the thing is, like we've been talking about, it's a game of inches, right? Last year, the Bulls team were terrible. We had a net rating of negative one. Per 100 possessions, we were being outscored by one point, right? And I, I even I, I did an article before the season talking about how the Bulls can get a lot better really quickly and how you know they're not that far away, right? I, I looked into it. Uh, teams that have a net rating of 2.9 or higher. So you're outscoring your opponents by three points per 100 possessions. Pretty thin margins. Since, I think, 2008, uh, every single team except one has won at least 48 games that had a net rating of 2.9 or higher. And yeah. the team that didn't was the Spurs in a shortened season that were on pace to win 47. <laughs> so, I mean, like, if you could outscore your opponents by three points per 100 possessions, you're winning 48 games most of the time. I think the average is, like, 51. You're a 50-win team if you can outscore your opponents by three points. Yep. That's, yeah, and that's what the Bulls are doing. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And we're on pace to be a 51 team. Yeah, even though my point differential is suffering right now. Um, <laughs> Enthusiast. Yes. It's, um, it's killer. And then this one, this one is crazy to me because this is yes. like, this one, he's like, he's matching footwork with the driver and just beating yep. him to his spot. Yep. This is just good footwork and Kobe being really fast, right? This screen from Freddie Gillespie, not super great. Kobe just goes under because Sasani Garvitz probably not going to pull up for a three. And Kobe's just shuffling. He matches footwork with him really well. And Kobe's just really fast. And Garvitz or Gravit, I'm not sure which one it is, sorry, isn't able to get past Kobe. He's not able to blow by him. So he's forced into some pass because Kobe's doing a great job contesting and Troy's able to get an easy steal. Yep. Just because Kobe's just, he's doing things, man. Yep. He's just doing things. Sometimes, also, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Sorry, I just, just, I, I think Troy Brown Jr. Sometimes he, he's another player that I think does a lot of things that don't get noticed. Yeah, he has he has moments where he, he doesn't do the right thing, but he's he's always active. He's always doing stuff out there. That oh, I mean, part, yeah, yeah. You go. Sorry, it's good for the most part. I feel like is is a is a positive positive impact, even if he's not like making shots and stuff. No, my my quick my quick comment on Troy is we talked about Io with the dribble pass shoot thing and how shooting is the easy and Patrick shooting's the easiest one to develop. That's why they traded for Troy because he can dribble and pass and they're just like, well, if he can learn to shoot, he's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's a good dribbler and a good passer. Like Troy mm -hmm. makes some amazing passes. Oh yeah. And that's why they traded Gafford is because the backup center is not as valuable as a dribble pass shoot wing. They'd rather have a 40% chance at a dribble pass shoot. Well, not 40, but like they'd rather have a 15% chance at a dribble pass shoot wing than a backup center. Even though Gafford's better than the backup center, we had Vooch, he was you. going to be the backup. Thank right? you. 
Thank you. I've been arguing with people all season about this because there people are like, "Oh, AK's one big L that he's taking is trading for is trading Gafford." And I was like, "We got Javante Green and Troy Brown Jr. Uh, yeah, like out of that deal and Daniel and, Tice and Daniel Tice for the half season." Yeah, yeah. It's like I I don't know. And it's like Gafford is is a nice player. I liked Gaff, Daniel Gafford. I think he's gonna be really useful for the Wizards, but he also just got an extension for fifteen million, and there's no way that he's worth that on our team. Like there's no way he's going to get 15 million on this team for what his, his role is. And yeah. Anyways, it's a lot easier of a skill set to find than a, a dribble pass wing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, totally agree. Thank you. I, I'm not as crazy as I thought. <laughs> no. Cause I was, cause I'm like, am I the only person here on like, that was a good trade Island. Yeah. Oh, I am coming into the season. I thought the trade was like, as soon as we made it, I was like that, that probably was better value than the boots trade. Cause I, I was like, that's just a really good trip. And I thought so too. <laughs> yeah. It, it hasn't necessarily fully worked out and like, it looks bad and you totally can make the argument that it's bad. And I wouldn't debate you that it was not like a, it doesn't look great reflectively, but just like from a idea standpoint is Tice is the most talented player in that group before the trade is made. So you're getting the most talented player. And you're getting Javante, who's a useful player, who offers point-of-attack defense, which is something we desperately needed. And you're getting Troy Brown Jr., who is on a Wizards team that maybe is not the best at developing their talent. So oftentimes there's a lot of hidden players with things from teams, with players like who are from teams with bad development. It's like you put them in a different situation, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this guy can do things. Who knew? Ratron Holmes isn't shooting threes. Um, but then, <laughs> you know... It didn't. It hasn't quite materialized for Troy. I still think that maybe some team will be able to unlock it and he'll figure out the shot at some point. But um, yeah, that, that's. I think that's why they did it. And then uh, this clip here, um, again, another little thing uh, in full motion. This just looks like a Troy Brown Jr. block that I put in here for no reason. But what I want to talk about here is RJ Hampton's going to go around, puts his shoulder into Troy, takes a tight angle in the drive. Kobe's going to step over and stun. And that forces RJ to go inside. And that the fact that RJ has to bring the ball inside means that he has to finish kind of inside hand on the rim. And Troy is able to get the block. If Kobe doesn't do anything, which last season Kobe would not have done anything, I can assure you. I was irate over it every time. I mean, last season Kobe would have been at the point of attack and blown by and this would have just been an easy dunk. But... He stunts here, forces the defender inside, and Troy is able to capitalize on that. And that that only happens because Kobe stunts. As a coach, I'm very mad at RJ Hampton. Yeah. <laughs> because as soon as he sees Kobe steps over, that's got to be a pass right to the corner. Oh, for sure. Because strong set. A, yeah. Yeah. A pocket pass. But still, I mean. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Point still stands. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's just. He's just done a good job. Did we already? Oh yeah, we already. This is the not. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about that then, Laro, mm -hmm. which is Kobe's now he's stunting from the strong side. Mm -hmm. Would you have him do that in your scheme, or is that kind of like a uh, a one off? I think uh, don't do that. I think it depends on the player that you have in that situation. Because if you have somebody that's slow footed, you kind of nah. You know, you don't want to because you'll give up that three in a quarter every single time. But I think Kobe's quick enough to stunt and be able to get back to put a, even though he's got, you know, T-Rex arms, but he's still able, you know, to put a hand up and contest it. So I it, I think it, it depends. Like if it's DeMar, I kind of would want him to just stay, stay home because like 
DeMar getting stunting and trying to get back like, is just not a good look. But also, too, you got no personnel. I don't know what uh, Freddie Gillespie right. Gillespie's RJ shooting and Freddie Gillespie. That's how I was um, So it depends on who's also the shooter in the corner, too. Because if you if you, you shoot like 34%, 33%, like you probably be a little bit more aggressive with shrinking the floor and making passes out to the, you know, to the to the three. So it all depends, really. Well, I think it also probably depends on your ball handler. Like if, if I mean, that's an easy pass. read. Yeah. If are they, are they the type that kind of gets tunnel vision on those drives? Mm -hmm. Yep. So KYP. I, I did uh, I did some research because I knew you were going to talk about the shooter in the corner and I wasn't sure on what his name was the first time. It's Hassani Gravit, not Garvin. Gravit. Gravit. Okay. And he is okay. shooting 42% on like eight attempts per hundred possession. So he is knocking down a lot of shots. So you probably do not want to leave him open. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so again, RJ, what are you doing? Like get the, get the ball to the shooter. And Hassani Gravit the ball. Like, whoa, bro. Like if I'm Gravit, I'm pissed. Bro, he showed to you. Let me get that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think it's it, it's been great. And then if, if we're good on the Kobe stuff, I do have one last player that I have some clips for. I can't wait for this player. I love uh, it. I, I'm going to be honest. I think, uh, I think again, in the group chats, I was, to be honest, I've <laughs> had people, I've had, so I've had this thing on Twitter where like, I would always tweet about Tyler Cook. And mm -hmm. like, you know, we talked about Pat and having two screeners made the offense dynamic. Yeah. I didn't give a shit how good Tyler Cook is at basketball. I just knew he was big and I wanted him to go out there and screen. So I would just, all the time I'd be like, put Tyler Cook in, put Tyler Cook in. And now he's playing really well. And people are like, wow, you're really smart. You knew Tyler Cook. You saw the vision and stuff. I'm going to be honest. I did not see the vision. I just knew he was <laughs> big as shit and I wanted him to go screen people. <laughs> like, and he's just, and Tyler Cook's played really well. So, I mean, he's been cooking stuff up. I just want him to go screen guys, man. But I mean, he's done, he's, he's improved leaps and bounds. And we're going to talk about his defense against Giannis Antetokounmpo because mm, yeah. he showed some really impressive stuff. Well, because to be honest, the last time I saw Tyler Cook was in summer league, I think. And <laughs> when they signed him, I was like, why? why? <laughs> you watched why like Troy Baxter him? hitting like reverse east bays and like postering like four <laughs> people a game and then they signed tyler cook and you're like i really feel like you made a mistake here <laughs> yeah and this is why be? the three of us are still yeah. doing free youtube shows and, and hey. not running the basketball team <laughs> hey troy baxter signed to the g league team <laughs> troy baxter's on the windy city bulls <laughs> hey so is devon dotson he's back true um no, I mean I'm trying to I'm trying to get these in order, maybe. Ah, whatever. Who cares? So I mean I think this is the first one. Yeah. So the first big thing here with Tyler Cook, right? Slow this one down because defensive clips always kind of need to be slowed down. Um Giannis is gonna post up here. Yep. And if you the first like the first barrier for entry, because when you're guarding superstars, especially guys like Giannis. No, I, I no one in the NBA is able to stop Giannis. That's not a thing. People say like the Giannis stopper. That is not you do not stop him. You can slow him down and make things harder for him, but you cannot stop him. So Tyler Cook was not Giannis stopper. He was Giannis slower downer. And we're also lowering our barrier to he is on a two-way contract. So he's the two-way contract Giannis slower. <laughs> All right. So the first barrier for entry, if you want any hope of trying to stop Giannis, is strength. 
Because yeah. if you're not strong enough, he's just going to throw you into Rosie, right? And he posts up on Tyler Cook, and Tyler's able to stay strong. And on here, Giannis just gets called for a hooking foul, right? Yeah. Because he's trying to get around. Usually, he's able to put this arm around someone, and he's able to just project himself straight across. Yeah. And he yeah. just flies across them, and his arm isn't even long. It, it's a hooking foul every time. But his arm isn't even long, there long enough for him to get called for it, right? But Tyler Cook is very strong. Yeah. And Giannis isn't able to push him out of the way. And Cook's able to just kind of stand ground and just draw this hooking foul. And he did this, like I think Giannis had like three offensive fouls. One of them got challenged and changed. So it was only like two. But, I mean, Tyler Cook on a, on a two-way contract is drawing offensive fouls on Giannis. Yeah. Just like first thing up because of his strength. He's really strong. Yeah. I mean, look, Giannis fell. Trying to... <laughs> <laughs> you saw Steven like, Adams hey. pick up Tony Bradley. You seen yeah. Tyler Cook picking up Giannis. <laughs> we are not the same. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, I... Yeah. So then that was like the first stuff. Uh, then, ah, oh, dude, I remember the order. Um, so then in this one, again, um, Looking at the way the Bulls are covering this, it's kind of a side pick and roll. It kind of translates into a, it transposes into a position that's like a side pick and roll, yep. right? So this is basically ice where Demar's in position where if Giannis were just been a screener, Demar would be there to deny the screen and Tyler Cook would have to meet the driver, right? So the thing I really liked about this one is um, number seven, the he who shall not be named, uh, mm -hmm. is going to make this pocket pass into Giannis here, and Tyler Cook really strong, also pretty quick on his feet because he's able to like rotate super quickly to get in front of Giannis yep. here. Yep. And I mean, this is another thing where it's like, it's kind of like the quickness and the strength, right? You've got to be able to get both. <laughs> you know, he got there so quick. Vooch like, oh shit. Okay. Well, yeah. Let me, Vooch, let me get, let me get out of here. Let me, to it. Let me get out like, of here. Oh shit. I'm not needed here. He's like, fuck. <laughs> and re reaction was like, oh, 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 okay. You got it, Tyler. I'll, I'll get yeah. out here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this one like really stood out to me. I was like, whoa, what the heck? This is where I was I was saying things in the group chat where I was like, Tyler Cook's really doing things. We should look out for him. And Mark Schindler's like, yeah, Tyler Cook chip. And then he was watching the Bucks game. And I was like, no, I'm being serious. And he was doing things. Um, so then this, this one I really love. And I think this one shows like why kind of – I don't know if Tyler Cook's ever going to be a guy, like mm -hmm. even someone you want on a full contract. He might be out of here this end of this year. I don't know, right? But – I will say we have a lot of power forward minutes available. He had a really good showing last night. And I think, you know, if he gets a lot of minutes, maybe, you know, we can, you know, we don't, we'd rather be developing Pat, but I mean, Hey, he's not here. So we can right. develop a little bit of Tyler cook and see what we can get. And this is the kind of play that really makes me think like the one thing that really stands out to me with Tyler cook, other than like the strength and kind of the functional athleticism is spatial awareness. Yes. He has a really good understanding of space. And I think there's an analogy that people use in football scouting, uh, American football scouting that kind of, I've been translating a bit to basketball and, um, you know, when offensive linemen make their first block and they, you know, like, let's say they pancake their first dude, they put him on his back. Um, teams will look for them to pick up work. They want someone who's mm -hmm. going to pick up work. Who's going to go find something to do. Go find something useful, right? And so on this play, Tyler Cook's his technique on these closeouts is going to be horrible. But he does a great job of like, okay, I can make myself useful doing this, right? Chris Middleton's going to cut. He sees that Middleton's going up to pass, and he immediately comes to he who should not be named, 
terrible mechanics, but he gets blown by, right? And instead of being like, ah, shit, or trying to recover to him, he goes and goes, picks up the next guy in the corner. And Bobby Portis's foot was on the line, so he gets bailed. But having a guy that's like going to identify, oh, he's passing and go pick up a job. And then, oh, I got beat and go pick up another job. And he's seeing things happen before they happen. And then that's kind of where you go to yourself, hey, maybe there's actually something here, you know? Because this kind of awareness stuff is, again, like we talked about with Pat, like we talked about with Kobe, like we talked about with Io. That's not the stuff. That's the stuff it's really hard to teach and learn is kind of the awareness stuff. And he's showing flashes of that. Yeah. I also think, too, like before he got the what was that, a foot injury, right, that he got? Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, he sprained his ankle. He was looking like him and Kobe seemed to have like some nice synergy and pick and roll. Yeah. So that's something to maybe build on as well. Oh, I mean, like Tyler Cook was like a very obscure prospect, but like looking back at his prospect stuff, like what he was really um, heralded for was like the offensive stuff. Like Mm. that was the stuff that there wasn't a question. It was like rebounding and like rim running and stuff. Like that was like, yeah, we know he can do that. It was like defense, can't, can't shoot, can't play defense. But I mean, like the the kind of spatial awareness stuff is also kind of tracked. And then he also gets up super, super quick on dunks. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't a foul. I'll stand on it. Yeah, not I, I, can, I can see this call going either way. But the fact that he goes to stop the ball and he's really good at backpedaling. And even the fact that this is a foul, I don't even care if you commit a foul here, right? This is a free basket for Giannis nine times out of 10 against most teams. On a random, you know, that's not the type of stuff you see on the highlight reels. But when you look at the box score and Giannis scored 40 points against the Orlando Magic on a rainy Tuesday, a lot of it's just stuff like this where no one picks him up in transition, right? Yeah. You see, because everybody, if you watch Giannis, you watch any game that's on national television, like he's getting ready to use those two long strides Mm -hmm. and and he just wipes it away. Yeah. And it's like. He actually gets a hand on the ball. Yeah, that, that's what I said. When they slowed it down, he got all ball. So I don't know. Maybe the, it just looked like a foul, so they called it. But we have the technology. <sighs> ah, man. Don't get me started. But yeah, he gets his hand on the ball there. So I mean, hey, I think it was more like a blocking foul. Like he was in Giannis's path. But again, um, we can go to this one because this is another one with the backpedaling really quick. Where. In transition, he's able to show this really well. He moves backwards like super well. Yeah. Like most players, this is going to be a blocking foul. And I mean, like, like he flips his hips too. Like right yeah. right now, when he's about, he just flips him really smoothly and he's ready to go. Yeah, for sure. And then he flips him kind of again to get in front of Giannis. Yeah. And he takes a step here and he's immediately like, and the thing with this step that I actually like, I didn't even really notice until looking here, it's this step right here, right? He's A, moving backwards, which A, moving backwards is harder. B, Tyler Cook's a pretty good guy, big guy. He's like yeah. 230 or something, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's a big boy, so it's even harder for him. He's turning and backpedaling on this step. Look, he's turning his hips while moving backwards and keeping up with Giannis to not get a blocking foul. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, this is a pivot step while moving backwards to keep motion to not foul Giannis. I mean, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are certain guys that have a job in the league just for like literally one thing. Mm-hmm. And who knows, man? Maybe he's just the big guy garter. You know, I, hey, you never know. Yeah. You never know. And he stunts and makes that Drew Holiday look hard. So he has to pass out. 
and then he boxes out Giannis. We don't really need this bit to be on slow motion. And he grabs the rebound. Because like we said with the Tyler Cook scouting report, scoring on the inside, dunking, rim running, and rebounding, those yeah. are the two things you do not need to worry about. I thought I had, when I was originally going through and clipping the Tyler Cook clips in this game, I had a couple of rebounds in here because everyone complains about rebounds. And I was thinking about, I was like, man, I'm going to show up to this like show and just start playing Tyler Cook rebound replays. People are <laughs> Dude, leave, man. Dude, come on, man. This, this is what we do, man. This is what we yeah, do. This is, this is, yeah, people are ride or die here. Like if you don't, okay. if you don't like watching Alex, Alex Caruso's screen navigation, and this is not the right podcast for you. <laughs> so that kind of stuff is definitely in. <laughs> okay, next time I'm on, I will keep that in mind. And then here again with Whoa, Giannis, rest. this is the second offensive foul. Yeah, this was an offensive foul call. This is the second offensive foul he drew. Again, with the footwork, same thing as Kobe. He does a really good job of flipping his hips and matching Giannis's footwork. Yes. A lot of guys either A, aren't able to backpedal quick enough and get a blocking foul, B, aren't strong enough and Giannis just blows them over. C, aren't quick enough and Giannis just gets straight past them. Tyler Cook is able to do all three of these things, man. That, that Dude, is... what is boot? Look, can we look at Mike Budenholzer? What, he do at? You, oh. what do you mean? Look at his reaction. He looks like his child was just shot. He just shoves him. Look, look at him. Dude, what do you mean this? What are you doing that for, dude? That, you like, he know. just shoved Tyler Cook like three feet. You know Giannis you have somebody like, frustrated. What? Like, what? He looks like the screen painting. You know, Budenholzer also didn't think there was any intent on uh, he, he shown the Humble Games uh, triple foul. So, yeah, I don't know. It was a takedown. Let's call it what it is. That's that's a play too, man. When If you're Tyler Cook, you, that play happens. You're like, man, I'm in this dude's head. He feels like he feels like he has to push me like that. I I know I'm in his head. Yeah, they say they say in uh, soccer you have you have someone in your pocket. Tyler mm-hmm. Cook is in his pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, who, now who knows? We over here talking big about Tyler Cook. Maybe the next Bucks game, Giannis is like, bro, I got to show you something. Like, <laughs> you know, like you never know. He, he goes up to the front office. He's like, I got a guy. I need him. <laughs> Seven game series. We have the Giannis stopper, Tyler Cook. <laughs> I mean, again, here, I mean, Tyler Cook, he's like, I think he's like uh, 84 inch wingspan. So he's a seven foot flat wingspan and he's Ooh. measured at like 80. And I think he's 80 and 84 and a quarter and he's 80 and a half height. Mm, so okay. he's six foot eight and a half with a seven and a quarter wingspan. I mean, he's able to, again, Giannis posts up. We can slow this one down. Okay. First thing here, right. We've already talked about him, but this is really good from IO. Like the little things, like this little like dig and forces Giannis into like kind of mm-hmm. having to make his dribble a little bit awkward. This is good. Like look at that. He swipes yep. at the ball, forces yep. Giannis like kind of loses his handle and has to do the Russell Westbrook iconic like get the dribble back going <laughs> thing that he's been doing all year. That's exactly what I was thinking of. But he's, <laughs> he's just like hitting the ball like please. Uh, no, I mean and he does that, and so I mean he gets a little help to put him in that disadvantageous position again. Vooch is like, oh, sh-. it was definitely in the report. That, right, like, Tyler Cook on Giannis, you gotta help, and he's he's able to hold up. And Giannis tries to switch this one over because Vooch is helping from the baseline. Ed Cook gets his hand in there and just strips him. Love it. Just dispatching Giannis. And Chris Middleton in the corner, he's like, bruh, Giannis. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's on a two-way, man. (laughs) He's like, like his reaction, bruh. (laughs) (laughs) Hands down everything. Tyler Cook, bro. They in the huddle. Tyler Cook. Just saying, (laughs) when, when Giannis doesn't win MVP, 
it's going to be because of these clips. <laughs> You're like, yeah, but did you see? Did you see two way Tyler Cook lock him up? Ah, dude, he got in his pocket. So I mean, this is this is the this is the last clip I have. Um, another transition defensive possession where Giannis gets the ball and just oh. swipes down and joins it, man. And this is like a minute before the other one, I think. So this is like, so, oh, that's probably why Chris Middleton reacted like that. Because this is 11 minutes in the third. What is the other one? Um, uh, this is like, again, come on, man. And this one's 10 minutes. In the third. This is a minute later. <laughs> that's definitely why. It's the second time. I guarantee you. When the Bulls play the Bucks again, Giannis is going to try his best to dominate Tyler Cook, and this is we're, we're going to need to see it again, Tyler. <laughs> we're going yeah, to wait, wait, wait. Again. The next one's March fourth, right? March fourth. Yeah. Oh, we will. Hey, maybe Pat's back by then. Maybe, maybe Tyler maybe. Cook's the future of the franchise by then. Well, maybe let me Tyler ask you something. Since Tyler Cook can rebound and move his feet well, uh, you know, backwards and move yeah. his hips well. Do you think he can serve as our kind of small ball five, like yeah. kind of hybrid for the time being? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in okay. this game, he essentially was playing five. Yeah. Vooch was on Bobby Portis, who was just spacing the floor. So Vooch yeah. was just kind of standing in the corner on Bobby a lot the, of the time. The look on Vooch's face, though, every time Giannis had the ball and Tyler Cook was guarding him, was like, <laughs> he's like, do you need help? You need help? I'm here. I'm here. Help? Right, right. I'm here. <laughs> I'm helping. This is the scouting room. This is the system. Tyler, you're supposed to let him by so I can help. Right. Hey, oh, oh, my God. Five fouls in the Bucks game. So, yeah. No, I mean, uh, it was hanging by his thread at the end there. Tyler Cook had five fouls too. And there was one yeah. that I posted on Twitter that was like his second foul. And it was like a second one pretty early. And it was like, Giannis got the ball, missed a shot. Kobe went up for the rebound. Giannis went over the back to like rip it out of Kobe. And then he just kind of throws Kobe to the side while Kobe's like, I guess, kind of touching him. And Tyler Cook's just standing there and just pulled the whistle and called a foul on Tyler Cook. And it was like, what? He's just standing there. He didn't do anything. He's, he's literally just standing there like Kobe this while Giannis is facing I saw that the one. other direction. Yeah. And they call a foul on him. And then in the fourth, he had five fouls, so he couldn't be as physical. It was like, man, if he had four fouls and an extra foul to play with, that really would have been cool, man. Kobe, uh, like Kobe, tried his hardest to rip that ball, and Giannis was just like, <laughs> "Bro, <laughs> give me the ball." <laughs> Hell yeah, Nippy! As an <laughs> Iowa Hawkeye basketball fan, I think he's like two sixty. He might be. He's big he's boy. A, he's a tank. He, he, so I'll put that one up again. He's saying he makes you happy to see touch. Yeah, things. for sure. He's great. Actually, you know, the the one guy, Troy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I thought about it. I was looking at I was looking at a uh, Tyler Cook G League film. I was looking at like the possession clips, and uh, I thought about pulling up Tyler Baxter possession clips because you can just go to like skills and like dunks will be one of them. And I thought about just going to the Troy Baxter dunks and it'll just play me every clip of Troy Baxter dunks. And I was like, I was like, man, I'm really tired. But if I wasn't, I man, Did... Tyler Cook, man, please. I would. I, I, I've always. I've held in my uh, my thoughts about Tyler Cook. At the beginning of the season, I remember we. I think we. I forgot who we had on the as a guest. Oh, Elias Schuster. Mm-hmm. We had Elias Schuster on, and I'm like, I'm like, if I should I say this, they probably look at me like I'm a dumbass. But <laughs> I was like, what if we bring Tyler Cook in? You know, 
for like a more traditional Ford. And I remember they were like, maybe I'm like, ah, maybe it was dumb, but like, I don't know. Like I always thought like just I was seeing him and in Detroit, he did some good things when you would see him, you know, you from, Lara, from time to time. So Lara, listen, every time we've been, we've been on this podcast almost a year. Every time you preface something saying, maybe this is dumb. It's always one of the smartest things you've ever said. <laughs> every time it's always prescient. So stop, stop doubting yourself. It's, I think, uh, I think that's part of why Lara and I get, get along. So when talking about basketball is because I think we're both very creative and like a lot of the times it bites us and makes us look dumb because we'll be like, maybe there's a way you could kind of morph this into like getting some value out of this. And <laughs> yes. it's like, what are you talking about? But then there's times where it's like, man, like Tyler Cook, like just give him some minutes, man. He can yeah. go screen and stuff. And then like, hey, he's actually kind of good. Rim pressure on rolls, baby. They, they've seen him throw it down. Vertical so. spacing, baby. <laughs> The Man. only the only person they've brought in so far that I just haven't seen the vision on yet is Matt Thomas. <laughs> I don't get as soon as you don't said the started. only you said the only person they brought in so far, and I was like Matt Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> like, if he's not, I okay. Like, if he's there's games where he's making shots, and it so what he does on the other end it kind of hurts less. But like the games where he's not making shots, and then they go down. I remember the Wizards game. At uh, at their place, he's getting good looks and not hitting them, and Bradley Beal's head hunting them. Nope, you guarding him, you come set the screen, and it's just like, over and over. why is he here? Like <laughs> Bradley Beal had seventeen assists because he would get Matt Thomas, and we would rotate like three players, and then he would back cut. <laughs> just get uh, I mean, session. the man's trying out there. Like I'll give him credit; he's trying out there. He just doesn't know what he's doing. He's not quick enough and fast enough, and strong enough and tall enough to, i remember to do it oh, the there was a clip we showed on the show chris remember um I, I think it was in the wizards game i think where he gets beat off the dribble somebody comes to help him so he's like you know where do i go now he, he finally figures out where he needs to go somebody beats him there and he's like um where do i go now oh there and then somebody beats him there so he's literally just in the middle of the just paint just, spinning. Like, just, just going spinning. back and forth like i'm like oh my god thomas like oh it's it's great. Can I? Yeah, it's great. You know, I, mean, I didn't mean to get into Matt Thomas slander. I'm just yeah. I, I just haven't seen the vision yet. A, a wise, a wise man once told me, if you preface a statement with "This is gonna sound kind of dumb," it's always really smart. This is gonna sound sound kind of dumb, <laughs> but I get the Matt Thomas thing actually. I get hey, what they please, see. please explain it to me. So, so the the first thing that's like the big thing is like. When you're looking at like shooters that are like purely out there to shoot, kind of right, like your Duncan Robinsons, your whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> hell yeah, nippy. Um, oh, it, the first thing you're looking at, like, is it's not just shooting. Like we talked about with PJ Tucker, where it's like a really low barrier for entry to be good, right? He just stands in the corner, catches and shoots, right? Um, but it's like so. There's a difference between just shooting like that and shooting off movement and like movement shooting where like you can catch the ball while moving in air. And the one thing I will say is he showed this a lot in the Bucks game. And I think this is where I started to kind of get the realization is there were times where he would because he was actually hitting shots. So players were actually coming to yeah. try and defend him. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, he got I think on the Kobe one, there's another one where like he jumped and was like moving in the corner, but then got blitzed. And he has really good body control in air. Like we've talked about with a couple guys here having or not having. Io does not 
Pat does. He has really good body control. So generally with players who can shoot really well, which I mean, in he's a good shooter. He's, the shots aren't falling, but he's a good shooter. Like mm-hmm. let's be real. You can tell um, his the form is good. He he looks like JJ. He reminds me of JJ Redick a lot with when the movement yeah, shooting comes yeah. off screens. Um. So I mean, he has the shooting ability. He has the body control, right? And it's like it's really frustrating when he could just take an open catch and shoot three and instead he like dribbles into a floater uh-huh. or he'll like try and attack <laughs> yes. the closeout. Uh-huh. But like in theory, if the shots are falling and the closeouts are harder, he is good enough as a handler to get past like a really hard closeout. And in theory, in in the last in the last three stops, so year two with the Raptors plus the second half of year two with Utah plus the year with us, he's like one of sixteen on the floaters. But but in his rookie season, he was like seven of thirteen or something on them. Mm-hmm. So he he it has happened in a really small sample size where he could hit the floaters, and he has made some solid decisions as a passer, and. I will say the defense has been bad, but like Kobe, sometimes even if you kind of suck, if you just put yourself in the right spot and you know what your job is, you can do it. And I get that he doesn't do it a lot and he doesn't know it a lot. (laughs) There are like a couple times where he kind of does do it. And it's like, all right, nice job. Especially those like weak side, like get in the way and just put your hands up thing. It's really simple, but he did yeah. it a few times. I get it. Like it, I, I'm like 99.9% confident that Matt Thomas is not going to work out and he's going to be bad. And he's going to get cut. And he's not going to ever have an impact on the Bulls and he's going to be a footnote in history. But I do think I understand why they're keeping him and why they're asking him to do the things that he's doing, like taking shots off movement and attacking closeouts and stuff. Because I, I can see the, the like the, the if you if you look at just the micro skills with the shooting and the good enough handle and generally like pretty okayish passing like he moves he doesn't stop the ball um, and I mean the shooting and the body control there the skill sets the tools are there for what movement shooters do he doesn't do it yet but the tools are kind of there so like I think Matt Thomas sucks and I don't think he's ever going to be good and he's ever going to do anything but like. I will say, like, I would be remiss if I just because, like, a lot of times I'll come on shows and stuff, and I'll just like, like, I'll be like, yeah, I don't think Matt Thomas is gonna be good. But in the back of my head, I'm like, no, I do kind of get it, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. I'm just gonna clear my thing. I get it, and I it can happen. I don't think right. there's a 99% chance it's not happening. But like, it technically there's a reason he's in the NBA. There's a reason he's on the Bulls. I get what they're trying to do. There's not a lot of guys who can shoot and have body control, and he. he, does. he he does have the movement shooting. I I don't mind on the hard closes where he kind of gets the like mm-hmm. the one dribble, then the pull up yeah. pulls up from like eighteen. That that stuff's fine. It's when he starts dribbling a lot on the perimeter. <laughs> like no, like I understand he's okay. Like he's he's capable, but like if Matt Thomas is running pick and rolls, <laughs> we are way past. <laughs> I've seen Matt Thomas run several pick and rolls in the last two weeks. And every time it starts, I just go, oh, this is not going to go. And it has not ended well a single time. 
I'm going to be honest. There was one clip that I, d- I didn't take, but I did see it one day. And I, I was watching the game live on my TV, so I never went back to clip it. I think there was one where the Bulls were just trying to get into actions. And, you know, sometimes, like, I think if they were getting blown out or something in one of those games. And, you know, you're just getting into, like, stuff you usually get into. I, do you think there was a possession where the Bulls just happened to have Matt Thomas the ball? And they started flowing to a Spain pick and roll. <laughs> and unfortunately, Matt just immediately passed it. It's like, I'm not doing this. But I do think there was a game where we were down by like 40. <sighs> and we were starting, we initiated a stack PR for Matt Thomas. Like, bro, <laughs> this is not the time. I mean, even down 40. This is that, on, it's just probably not the Warriors, thing. right? Yeah, yeah that's not a developmental TV. rep. That like, <laughs> no, I'm gonna be honest. Worth... Like, there's things like his movement shooting that like you want him to be repping out, and you're okay when you're down 40. I'm gonna be honest. Optimize Matt Thomas, not running stack PNR. That's the thing. That's the thing. My biggest complaint is not that they have him because I get, <laughs> I get why, I get why, but. Just sometimes it's like the Denzel Valentine thing. It's like you gotta re- you gotta like rein him in, give him a very specific set of parameters of here's what you're doing, here's what you are not doing. And I think he just is sometimes just kind of like, and I don't think he means to do it. He's just kind of like reacting as it happens, right? But but sometimes he just gets out of that comfort zone, and I'm like, all right, Billy, you gotta. He's gotten gotta better. Stuff. He's gotten better at this, but for a yeah. while, like when he was really not making the shots, one of the worst things was like. They, I think, like the whole thing was like, Matt, you're here because you're gonna be able to shoot off movement, and we want you to practice. Because, like, you said the movement, shoot, I don't think the movement shooting is there. Like, he's not good at the movement shooting yet. Like, he had a couple possessions. It's like he has the tools to eventually do it, but it has not materialized yet, right? But, he, but I feel like the gravity is yes, is yeah, yeah, further yeah, sure. along than the actual shooting. Yes, yes. I mean. And then, um, like, I think they told him like, you're here to movement shoot, and it was so frustrating. He would get the ball for an open catch and shoot three, but he's like, no, 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 I'm movement shooting. So he would move himself and make it a movement shot instead of a standstill catch and shoot. He's like, I'm movement shooting. So like you'd get the ball and open catch and shoot and then dribble and take a step and pull up like a movement. It's like, why? You were open to shoot, man. Just don't, you don't have to do that. It was Uh, like, ah, movement shoot. Yes, movement. So one thing that with, (laughs) with Pat, it just reminds me of Pat. Sometimes when he gets that ball in the corner, he'll get the shot, and he just takes he just automatically t- puts the, the foot behind him and starts like going into the dribble pull up, and you're like, "You're open, Pat. No one's near you." He's like almost automatically just gets into that. I'm gonna sure. fake and like, yeah. <laughs> that's what Matt Thomas is with the movement shoes. Like, oh, it's the same thing with Ao. He's like, or Ayo, sorry. He's like trying. He wants to attack a closeout. He don't want to shoot. <laughs> Matt yeah. does not want to take a catch and shoot three. He wants to hit the movement shot. He wants to be JJ Redick, Clay Thompson. He's. Uh, he's I feel like the players. only three that like Ayo wants to take, no doubt, is when like it's a big three. Like we need the three. Otherwise, he's shooting that thing. Like, to like, be honest, if it's a big three, he won't. He literally won. Oh, for real? His second he was bad. Oh man, it's I so funny, Laro. This is this is that's this is me and pickup. Me and pickup is IO. Like pre pre, I already have like preset what I'm gonna do. When I catch the ball, I already need to know if I'm gonna dribble or shoot. Like I'm either gonna close out or shoot. Unless it's like game winner. If there's like a game winner available, I'm taking that. Like I'm just, I don't like, blame you. I want that shot. <laughs> Man. People always blame me. They're like, Chris, you missed every shot, and then you hit the stupid game winner. There there oh. was uh, one thing that I did want to show before we got out of here. 
Um, <laughs> uh, let me. This see. has been so much is fun, by the way. This has no, been no, so no. much oh, fun. Oh no! No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Matt Thomas. No, <laughs> not Matt Thomas. Topic. We're 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 gonna move away from Matt Thomas. I turned my skin chair off. Um, but it is. I think you 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 brought it up, uh, Chip, about um. Dallas, right? They, yeah. they ran a certain play yeah. that that they continue to run all the time. <laughs> it's literally um, every game, and uh, they ran it. I think one more, one more before this. Uh, this one I'm going to show as well. But I, th- I, when I saw this in my head, I'm like, yes, Billy, because I think sometimes they could be a little bland in a in a way. Like it's you know pick and roll, uh, pick and pop pick for DeMar, get out of the way, let him go to work in the mid-range. And it's like, I thought, I mean, he he balled, you know, but I thought uh, the Bucks had the right mindset in terms of what they were doing with DeMar, at least in the first half. You know, they, they show at the nail. But again, we know DeMar, once he gets to a spot, like if, if he gets to a spot, like, you know, he's going to take it. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. But um, for this play, what I loved about it was uh, this is pro- this going to be most likely Zach more often than, than Kobe in the, in the future. Uh, but like this Ram. So you're going to get that Ram action where you're screening for the, the, the screener here. So Vooch is going to come set the downs, the pin down uh, for Kobe. Kobe's going to come up and they're going to flow into like a double ball screen. Some some people call 77. Um, and it, at the same time. Right. You got Io coming across on the baseline so you get that exit screen here kind of corner pin action and now you're bringing that tagger away right so vooch is going to roll which puts wes here and now chris has got to worry about the exit as well like are they going to switch like they're in a bad situation right now you know right so it's going to leave kobe wide open on this wing and like like chris (laughs) what are you going to do when that zach levine Right. If like no diss to Kobe, Kobe at all, because this is just a bad shooting game for Kobe. But like you're not going to leave Zach Levine like you're going to have to like this is going to be so stressful for teams because that's going to be Zach. And that's going to be Vooch. These teams are going to have to figure out how they're going to play that. And this is this is the stuff I want to see is like offensively. Like, yes, the five out like screen pop, you know, roll like I, I love that. But like also I like having these types of plays where you automatically put a team in in distress right because you know i mean look at chris say, middleton man look, right look at chris middleton he's right. like i don't know what to do with my hands no <laughs> like he probably like they're probably scheming like okay we'll live with io shooting right but let's say it's crusoe's out there zach's on in kobe's spot and kobe's in io spot like i mean or that's lonzo Exactly. And and, and this that this type I understand why Dallas runs it a lot, because, I mean, you have such a damn great decision maker in Luca and he's big so he can make almost every I'm not going to say almost he can make every pass making every he can make every read. So, like, I get why they continue to run it, because, like, I mean, I mean, look what look what he's doing. It's stressful. It's it's very stressful. But I just when I saw this, I'm like, oh, my God, what if Kobe's the corner and, and Zach's the wing or opposite? Like it could be opposite, you know, so it's like. I, this is the stuff that I love to see, and I'm, I'm it, it really made me feel good um, that Billy uh, is starting to run this stuff. And he missed it, but it was, like I said, I'm more of like the process guy, right? So um, it, he got a okay look out of that, but for the most part, you got a, a good look here. You got a good look here if you wanted to get it there. 
you know so it's like i, I love i love this set because i think in the future um that's going to be a money maker no for sure and i mean even when you talk about the little things um when vooch rolls there vooch stops his roll to screen west matthews so yes. he can't close out on kobe yep and there was smart a smart player there was a tyler cook there was a tyler cook play that i loved i loved um <clears throat> I didn't I didn't clip it because I wanted to just talk about his defense, not his offensive stuff. Mm-hmm. But there was one where um the Bulls put up a three and they missed. So they started getting back in transition and like everyone's starting to move in transition. But and then it was one of those long rebounds and someone caught it. And uh it got out to I think Io was open in the corner and Tyler could pick it up work. He was like halfway back in transition, and the Bucks players were in front of him. And the Bucks players coming from like the half court line to come contest Io in the corner. And Tyler Cook goes to go screen him, so he mm. can't come back in transition and contest the corner shot. And I was like, dude, I love this guy. Yes. It's just like, what what can I do, Io? What can I do to make this better? And he's like screening a recovering transition off a long rebound. It's like, why do you even think about that? It, he's just yeah. like silly doing it. It's like, I mean, that's pretty smart though. Yeah. That's like that's what Crusoe does all the time. He's just always the next thing. And we got so many smart basketball players now that do that kind of stuff. Ugh, this team yeah. rocks, man. I love no, this basketball sure. team. I mean, last year we had a lot of smart guys, like we had Denzel and stuff, but this year, you know, it's just like another <laughs> level. Can I can I tell a quick story? Did you say what I think you said? Laro didn't even react. So I'm like, so, so last year I was I was looking when, I, when we were doing Demar. I was looking at some like shooting stats. To, like I was looking at shooting clips to talk about how like gravity can like advantage creation creates these open looks. And like I was looking at the shooting percentages when Zach was on the court and off the court, and Demar was on and off, and how having that one guy who can create advantages does a lot for you, and the fact that the Bulls can stagger and have. So I was looking at like the play-by-play of every single three-point shot when Zach was on and off the court to log them to try and tell like what's from Zach's gravity and what isn't. And um, I, I, it ended up making me watch a lot of Denzel Valentine. Very <laughs> he had this habit that was like, I've never seen anything like it. It was like, like when he's off ball, it's like there's a gravitational pull at like the half court tip off part. Right. So when he's in the corner, instead of spacing and being open in the corner, he's just subtly like stepping and relocating towards above the break where it's a harder shot. And when he's above the break, he's just randomly taking like three steps behind the three point line. So when he gets the open like kick, instead of being like a 27 footer, like on the three point line, it's like a 32 footer because he's just randomly taking three steps away from the basket while no one's even looking at him. I don't even think he's thinking about it. I think it's just like it just happens. Like it's just there's a magnet pulling him towards the half court line. It's like the most. I was like, what is he doing? And I would just click like three point shot, three point. Shot. I watched like 500 shots, and it was just Denzel like just subtly walking closer to the half court line for no reason whatsoever. Amazing, <sighs> freaking Denzel, man. You know. you know his brother's the coach of Loyola, mm-hmm. Loyola Chicago. You're good they coach. Lost. They lost to coach. Missouri State today. Stuff. It's weird because he, they play well and he's a good coach, but like, I'm just like he can't be. He just can't I, be a good coach. I, I don't. I don't. The only thing I don't. I should. I shouldn't say the only thing, but one of the biggest things I don't like is like St. Thomas should be playing more. I did, dude. That's why I'm paying attention to Loyola's for St. Thomas. We can't talk about St. Thomas, dude. If we're gonna be here for like another hour <laughs> if we open, like, if we start talking about prospects, dude, like. 
I was, I'm locked yeah. in right now. Like as soon as we finished the Matt Thomas stuff, I was like, Ooh, dude, I'd love to talk about Dylan DeSue right now, man. Like I, <laughs> I think he'd be a great fit. He's like my under the radar guy, man. I mean, I, I can, I can just stop recording. You guys can continue. I'm going to go to bed. Cause I don't have anything to add to the prospect. talk. <laughs> but I, I, I selfishly want Jeremy Solchan, but um, I, I yeah, so. it's whatever. I mean, he's not. I don't think he's gonna fall to where we. I mean, no, to no. be honest, actually, Alex Cruz has injuries bad. But if it bumps us from like the twenty seventh pick to like the twentieth pick, we could get like Jeremy Sohan. Hey, that's kind of nice. He's good. He's yeah. good, Chris. If, you're, you're, remember the name. Jeremy, Jeremy Sohan. Sohan's interesting because he rides that. We're not gonna get super into prospects, but just he rides that line that that. Uh, JaVale McGee, Grant Williams line where he just looks really goofy and kind of yes. uncoordinated when he's doing yes. things, but he's also incredibly intelligent at the same time. And he's got some skills yes. and it's just like, this dude's just like fumbling around and it like looks really silly. And when it goes bad, it looks terrible because he looks so funny doing it, but he's just really good. And he's really smart. He's so smart, man. So smart. Oh, he can, he can handle it a bit. He had this big, like bleach blonde Afro. <laughs> he was just like goofily like fumbling around but also I, I, making like incredibly smart it's just so i was able to see guy. him la two years ago um two or three years ago i think it was two years ago i was able to um go see lalomir play bosco prep yeah. in indiana yeah, yeah and i remember seeing him because i was there for jay nivy um yeah. and i and uh dude he just popped you know Obviously, Jay Nivey's athleticism and speed popped easily, but like you were like, who is this dude? Who is this dude? At the time, he I don't think he was as tall as he is now. I think maybe six five, six six, but like dude was explosive. He was pinning pinning off the backboard with two hands, like making smart rotations. I'm like, who is he? You know, like like we oh. know he's going to Purdue. We know that guy. Is, yeah, we know Jay Nivey. You know, but who is this guy? And they're oh, like, sure. he's from Poland. I'm like, Poland? What? What's he doing out here? <laughs> and it, and my gosh, man, he was so good, man. So it's really cool to see him doing what he's doing. The only bad decision I've ever seen him make was shaving the afro. Oh yeah, he got that nice little, you know. But hey, man, you never know. Maybe the, maybe at a, I don't know, maybe some hay, freshman hazing or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I also like basketball players. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say he's the best prospect on Baylor, Chris? Um, I think I would. <laughs> I, 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 I was never brainwashed by Kendall Brown. <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> just saying, just saying. I'm. That's just. No, it's I, so funny. I never have done the big board thing. Like I've never, yeah, you know, top fifty, top sixty. But I've always like mentally, yeah, you know, like okay, this is where this guy's better than this guy. Right, right, but. I'm. I don't know, man. You guys are going to be another hour talking about this. I'll just say on the. I'll just say on the. Um, on the Kendall Brown thing. For those who don't know, just as like a. This is like a quick thing. Okay, Kendall Brown came out and like people were like, okay, maybe this guy can jump up, but he's probably like a late first round guy. He's like John Collins. Like he's a power forward, like super mega athlete, right? And in like his second game, he had a triple double. 
<laughs> like 10 assists, like one-handed passes, interior passes, like everything. And all of a sudden, Kendall Brown shot up boards. People were like, Kendall Brown might be the best prospect. He's like John Collins, but he's like an insane passer. It was like John Collins plus like Luca or some shit. It was like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, since then, I think he's eclipsed one assist like twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he had like a triple-double against Nichols State. Never flew him up the boards. And then it's like, everyone's watching. It's like, man, he's really athletic, but he's not a smart help defender. And it's like, man, he's really athletic, but he like can't shoot. And he doesn't really do the pass. And it's like, he does nothing in half court offense. He's just a training cone standing there, but he's super athletic though. For real. Um, I got brainwashed. I I was like, this is the, this is the future. Like Sohan to me, like even when I was watching the, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we could we could do it. We could do it again later, man. But um, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, we will man. definitely have Chip back on <laughs> closer to the draft because I know you guys. Fun, and I'll, I'll do some research by that point. So yeah, man. Hey, I'm man. just messing with you. I'm just messing. With you. If you want to talk about Sohan, you can. I'm just no, no, no. <laughs> hey, man. It's hard time. Three hours, we can, man. We can, talk, we can talk about it after if needed. Man, <laughs> there's nothing Bulls related that's gonna come out of this. Yeah, just straight prospect. But um, man, Chip, like, this has been fun, man. Yeah, it's it been great. fun. I was really looking forward to this all day. This is a highlight of my day. Me too, because I I needed I needed some positivity after that the Crusoe news, and man, this this got it to me. That I'm so excited to see Pat come back. Mm. Excited to Tyler Cook for more minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just and. Because I know what Alex, I know what Caruso does. I know what Lonzo Ball does. Um, so I'm excited to get them back by the end of the season. <laughs> sorry, but man, man, this team's just fun. It's so much fun to talk ball uh, when when the Bulls are good and the way that they play on both ends of the floor is just so so refreshing to watch uh, from years past. So, and the team, everyone on this team is really easy to root for. Yeah, even Vooch, even Vooch haters. I'm just saying. Which is really fun to watch as long as you just don't pay attention to the shooting numbers. I have no problem with like the the criticisms of, of Vooch, right? Like if you say oh, if they're like, fair, uh, then they're fair. Yeah, but like the 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 it's he's a bum. He that's he the problem. Sucks. People cannot like, people cannot separate the issue from the person. You can talk about the issue. It doesn't have to reflect on the person. Like I don't know why people don't get that. Like there's so many adults in the world that just cannot differentiate yeah. between hatred and criticism like i just yeah people well, i mean in the nicest twitter way possible, is the worst place for it in the nicest way possible it just shows they've never competed at a high level in anything and if they did they didn't know why they were there because like they don't <laughs> understand that it's about the process and they don't understand that you're like a person yeah. who like gets up and has emotions that's like doing these things and i mean right. i think the thing is like vooch can play like shit and not be a shit player because he's played like shit a lot this season he's not a shit player and he's not a shit person yeah yeah although we're not gonna amen yeah, right 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 we're not you know Hey, I love Vooch, but when I saw the tweet, I was like, oh, Yeah, I was like, I'm supposed to start no, talking Vooch. about Novak Djokovic. No, 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 Vooch. I, I was like, No, dude, just don't say anything. We're squeaky clean. Just build your Legos. Hey, just, believe me, uh, there, there's stuff about every every NBA player, and I <laughs> people people were very excited for a return of a certain NBA player this season, and I was like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And keep my mouth shut because I've had enough people ruined for me and I'm not going to do it to someone else. I've loved the so. interviews where Kevin Durant's like, I don't know. That's not my choice. You know, whatever he wants. And then James Harden was like, 
Yeah, I'm gonna give him the shot if he doesn't get it by James Harden's like any means necessary. Katie's like, no my choice. And James Harden's like, I'll fucking give him the shot if I have yeah, to. <laughs> he getting the yeah. shot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come to Brooklyn to him to, to deal with this. Like, hey, well, to speaking to that, I know I'm getting off another tangent, but there's 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 rumors that that he may he may want to leave Brooklyn and go to Philly. Um and I wonder I if that's wouldn't blame him. I wonder if that's part of the reason. Because he's like, man. I'm not. He's like, I'm not letting this this guy who's not getting the shot jeopardize my season, jeopardize my championship window. That like, I could understand that. Man. I could understand that frustration. So, anyways, Chip, it, it really has been a pleasure uh, having you come on. So, tell the people where they can find you because yes. you have great, great, great work. Yes, um, I don't have much of a social life, so I'm on Twitter a lot at Chip JMBA. You can probably tweet something at me at any time. And I'll probably get back to you immediately. Um, other than that, I make YouTube videos at Chip JMBA on YouTube as well. Um, I, I generally talk about draft prospects, but I, I'm working on a couple videos that are not about draft prospects. And I'm working, I got some exciting things in the works. I can't, I got some things I can't talk about, but big things on the horizon. Maybe you got exciting hey, stuff coming up. Let's go. <laughs> Man, we love to hear that, man. For real, definitely man. deserving. Seriously, yeah. hardworking, man. Yeah. So you guys are listening or watching. Chip is one of the like just the smartest basketball minds, especially in, in Bulls in kind of the Bulls world. Uh, just think, as you said, you and Lara both really creative minds, think outside the box kind of guys. Like, so I, I love, I love running stuff by you guys because it just kind of challenges me to think about things in a different way. And so, if you guys want to be challenged and want your opinions <laughs> not always challenged. to be validated <laughs> yeah they'll challenge you they'll challenge you. yeah man hey um man dog like i know we're trying to get out of here but like chip like for real man this has been fun and we got to have you back on uh definitely to talk some some um some prospects in a draft definitely um yep and uh yeah man hey for uh towards for the, for this to be over uh because because it's going on three hours yeah we need 15 um, more seconds right <laughs> <laughs> can't not um, three hour mark. Chris, Chris you got anything else you need to say man Ooh, I I did uh, oh I'm not no, no. see my full yeah. name's Christopher so you've said Chris like uh, four times and I think you're talking to me I'm like why are you calling me Chris <laughs> <laughs> I've said Chris you go, you go I've said plenty <laughs> uh no I mean the Bulls Bulls got um a lot of winnable games coming up this this week and they I think they really need to bank those wins with with everyone out and uh, the defense I'm interested to see what the defense looks like yeah. again with with Alex out but uh we need Javante we need um Zach back really soon so how close but, is DJJ to coming back he's running treadmill right now he said so he's he's conditioning um because what was it? he had the hyperextension yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Giannis came back and dropped 50. So I don't know what's taking DJ <laughs> so long. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, DJ. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Drop 50, my guy. <laughs> no pressure. Oh, my God. I love Derek Jones, man. He's been so much fun to watch this season. I, I hope Another great short roll decision maker. I just broke Laro. 
you know, <laughs> while while we arrow. have this, while you're both broken, I thought of this comment. I said this is the highlight of my day, but I was wrong. This is the highlight of my days, baby. We <laughs> started yesterday and we're still going, and it's been great. So you know, thanks oh. for the highlight of my Saturday and Sunday. It's gonna it's gonna take people until next Saturday to listen to this whole episode. So I, you know, but it's. It's chock full of content. We got through so many clips. Me and Lero will get through like 15 clips in two and a half hours sometimes. And we went through a ton. Like we, we, we were much more efficient today. I know. <sighs> Lero's going to die. He saved up. <laughs> Time for Packers 101. We were asked for at the beginning. That's right. That's right. Well, if, yeah, appreciate it, Nippy. Nippy Ooh. says top tier episode. So someone liked it. We, we oh, got yeah, one Nippy. fan. <laughs> one person watched. People are going to see it's three hours and not click on it. Like, <laughs> like, nah, I'm out, guys. I'm out. But it was totally worth it. So it was appreciate great. You guys. I had fun recording it. That <sighs> was a good time. That's great. Lero, hey. can you let the people go? Or you got anything else? <laughs> Bro, DJJ, you got a, <laughs> you got a big accomplishment coming, brother. You got, <laughs> How real quick can we think about the way DJJ could score 50? Like if we if if he scored 50 like how would it happen? Like would it be lots of lob dunks. Lots of lobs. I feel like it would be short and stuff. getting fouled. It would be short. He's going to get He's got to get fouled a lot. Yeah. I think that's a big one. I think it would be like a lot of short roll stuff. And like if he made a lot of short roll passing reads, teams would like start to overplay for the short mm. roll passing stuff and then he'd probably get easier stuff towards the basket. Oh yeah. He'd, he'd fake part. and then dunk on people. Yeah, exactly. when he man, game. when he dunked from like the free throw line. Yo, <laughs> oh gosh, like this dude is crazy. I love him. Game. I love I love players with audacity, and he's oh, a player man. with audacity. Then no, I don't think there's anybody in the league would right at least right now with as much as the, as much audacity as Ja. Like Ja just does some things that like <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just. Thought it was cool to do that. Like he's you know, he is my he's my favorite player to watch in the league because he reminds me so much of Derrick Rose, who was my favorite player to watch in the league. Um, yeah, we might so. get uh, canceled for saying that, but you know, hey. Um, but no, hey man, uh, encore, um, encore only. Right, right. Um, my favorite player to watch. So, so uh, you don't like yeah. watching him off court? <laughs> Just uh, you don't like the way it know, looks. Re- or judges, judges <laughs> tend to like. Throw out restraining orders if you do that kind of stuff. So we gotta end this. Not, yeah, you don't it's have to consent. Upon. Yeah, it's frowned upon. Ooh, ooh, that's a deep cut. And that <laughs> is the name of the episode. The name of the episode is Deep Cuts. So very nicely done. Hey, let's get out of here. Thank you guys so much for watching Bulls 101. Uh, listen to Bulls 101. Check us out on the Barum Network. You can find us on any podcast platform on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. You just look under the Barroom Network. Uh, make sure to follow Chip jones on twitter <laughs> and we got to get out of here hey, hey! And, a <laughs> and a puppy cameo hey are you still sending uh this sending your stuff to john hollinger huh yes are you still I sending stopped. pics to john hollinger i stopped oh uh, hey john john came around he came around yeah oh man good for him as nick Ice would say <laughs> limbo all right, we're we gotta get out of here. It's 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 late. So three hours. <laughs> hey, Bye. I love it. Say goodbye. I love it. We need to do it more often. All right, peace out, guys. Talk peace. to you next week.